Maverick News presents The Rick Walker Show Defrag your mind Good evening everyone, I'm Rick Walker Welcome back to the Maverick News Channel Thank you for coming back and to all our new viewers, welcome. Right off the top tonight, before we get into the news, I do want to just draw your attention to somebody in need tonight, Gina, a member of our Maverick family, has posted on social media that she needs some assistance. She is looking for a place to live. She has been living in her trailer. She only has about $500 a month to uh, dedicate to rent or a place to live. Uh, but she's out in, I believe, well, I'll let, uh, I'll let you guys connect with her. Maybe she's, she's maybe in the chat tonight, but you guys know how to reach her. And, uh, you know, maybe somebody has some way to assist Gina because she needs to leave where she's at. She's looking for a new place. So if anybody out there can help Gina out, now would be a good time to, uh, to step up. We're heading into the Christmas season and, uh, People get distracted with a lot of other things, but everybody needs a place to hang their hat. And I'm seeing far too much of this kind of distress. So let's see what we can do. Now, let's move on to other news. We tonight will update you on the situation with the hostages in Gaza, more released today. We'll show you backlash to <laughs> government and military responses around the world. Now everything is just uh, topsy-turvy. Going to also show you uh, some video. I guess it's video. I don't know if this video has been out before, but it's being presented to me as though it is something discovered or previously ignored about the Vegas shooting back in 2017. And this is footage that, again, leaves me scratching my head about what really happened during that uh, that mass shooting at that music festival. Um, also tonight, Conor McGregor being investigated for possible hate speech for posts that he made on social media about the stabbings in Ireland. The Canadian military, the head of the Canadian military, Chief of Defense Staff, General Wayne Iyer, sounding the alarm bell on the preparedness and 
deficient resources, lack of preparedness and lack of resources, the Canadian forces are, uh, Canadian armed forces are being forced to deal with. Also tonight, we have, let me just check here. I've got a bunch of stuff. I've got a, what appears to be a giant worm. I have a look ahead at where we're going with digital currencies and digital banking. We have three dead people, two wounded in Winnipeg tonight in what appears to be a shooting out there and very little information available on that incident still at this point, but we will update that for you as well. And then I'm going to take a look at that community through the lens of social media peering into a primary school. And in addition to that, we also have a special guest joining us. Uh, he'll be along in about one hour. And we're going to do a special interview about Bigfoot, Sasquatch. Ryan Willis is producing a new television series about Sasquatch and is the uh, creator and caretaker for the organization and website that is known as Sasquatch University. It seems Sasquatch is becoming an area of serious study for many people. So we have all that and probably more coming up right here on the Maverick News Channel. Do not go away. I'll be right back. The New World Order Government Overreach The Great Reset Mainstream Media Lies Now more than ever, independent voices are needed. Donate now, at FreedomReporters.com That's FreedomReporters.com Maverick News The Antivirus Program For Your Mind Okay, I'm back. So, we know tonight that Israel and the Israel-Hamas war, we have uh, 17 more hostages freed on this, the third day of 
the ceasefire between the two sides. Hamas has released 17 hostages, among them a four-year-old American, Abigail Eden. This was the young girl that the Biden administration was focusing so much attention on. And as I said in this public relations battle, I think the reason they have been doing that for the past few days is because they're trying to humanize the story through that young four-year-old girl so that these hostages are not seen by the public as simply a number, a statistic. They're putting a human face on it through Abigail. And this young girl was released from custody as part of the deal today. In fact, here, let me bring this up and I'll show you a picture of her. This is Abigail. Here she is. Oops. Now she's on the screen. So as much as this is a kinetic war of sorts, it's a strange, horrible situation over there and around the world, honestly. But there's the there's Abigail. Um, so we know that um, in exchange for those 17 hostages, Israel has released 39 Palestinian prisoners, all of them minors. Yesterday, 13 Israelis and four Thai citizens were released. It took a long time. There were delays with Hamas accusing Israel of not living up to its end of the bargain. But in the end, the exchange still took place. And Israel released more on their side as well yesterday. Aid trucks are still flowing into Gaza under protection of the ceasefire. They are also, as part of that, bringing in fuel. This humanitarian aid brings relief for civilians who have been suffering there for weeks. Supplies of food, medicine, water, all running low. The Israeli military is urging civilians who fled to southern Gaza to not return home. And they are warning that it is preparing for the next phase of the war, as soon as the pause is over with. Clearly this is far from over. Over one and a half, actually about 1.7 million people have been displaced in Gaza so far. Gaza health officials there say the death toll has surpassed 14,500. I don't know how much weight to give that information. I hear a lot of arguments on both sides and uh, some asserting that those numbers are reliable. I don't know. I'm not willing to sit here and accept that as fact, given the situation we are in. The Israeli Defense Forces estimate 1,200 people were killed on the October 7th Hamas attack. 
And then, of course, they took 240 some approximately hostages on the Hamas side and took took those Israelis and other citizens from around the world, those hostages into Gaza, where they continue to hold many of them. So that is sort of where we're at tonight with all of that. The PR war raging tonight, raging. And uh, I don't know if you would call this Stockholm syndrome or truth or whatever you want to, however you want to see it. But I'm telling you right now, from, from my perspective, what I'm seeing here, this is a public relations exercise, the wave back and forth that you're seeing here. This was something that this Hamas hostage releaser, fighter, whatever you want to, however you want to characterize this guy. He waved and got the wave back. Make no mistake, this what you're seeing here with the waving, this is the key to the PR messaging that's coming out of these videos that have been released worldwide. See that? Over and over again, looping. That wave is not for the little girl. That wave is for you. Don't kid yourself. And they want you to get the idea that the hostages were treated well. Here's more. This is video released by Hamas. So everything from their perspective. <laughs> The doctor waiting also there, so okay. Hmm. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Okay. Come on. Come on. Okay. Of course, this is uh, just slightly older footage. This is from the previous hostage release. But make no mistake, there's a lot of PR information warfare going on here. You know, it's just so dishonest. But people will soak that up 
and then you get the uh, the shills working for one side or the other, and they get out there. Many of them paid. And they participate in it. And it's just disingenuous. It's dishonest. It's deceptive. It's screwing with your mind is what it's doing. And we've never been exposed to this kind of propaganda with this intensity at this level, with this degree of sophistication ever before in history. Hamas can't win a conflict like this head on. It has to be done largely through information warfare. And, you know, as I sit here tonight looking at this entire situation, the United States is failing. Biden is failing. It really is up to the United States to do something here. They're joined at the hip to Israel. And yet it's pretty clear that Netanyahu is the tail wagging the American dog, Biden, and his incompetent administration. Biden and the United States, what they should be doing, in my opinion, is intervening and saying to Israel, this is the way it's going to be. The response needs to be dialed back. There's too much bloodshed. The United States should not be participating in anything to that degree. And, uh, it's backfiring in a big way. Indeed, this could precipitate the destruction of Israel and by extension, maybe even the West. Because the information war is being lost. And if you don't have well, if you have basically the entire world against you, <laughs> you ain't going to survive. I don't care how many nukes you have. Doesn't even matter how many ships or tanks, or jets. This is, this is a terrible situation. And it is not... It, all that being said, the other side, dirty hands, a lot of foreign manipulation going on there as well, political opportunism happening, and the old ideologies coming straight to the surface, offering themselves as solutions, one side or the other. Communism or fascism. <laughs> the United States, the West, we have offered 
a different kind of solution through all of this, but it's all being threatened right now because Biden wakes up in the morning and I don't think he understands or knows where he is or even what he is. He's not capable of leading. There are other people involved here, other forces. And you have political influence and corruption that has infiltrated, I think, our our governments. And so as a result, you are getting weird things happening. You're getting, you, we have a situation where the war hawks in Israel have used this as an opportunity to respond in a in a disproportionate way and they're not paying enough attention to the long-term impact that that is having they're not paying enough attention to the morals and the ethics and even the international laws that they are potentially violating here the united states could and should be proactive in this not reactive because the United States is directly involved because the United States, Western countries, we do supply aid. We prop Israel up. Rightly so, wrongly so. It's there. I think if you're a political realist, you have to look at it and say, Israel is there as a nation state. So it has to be dealt with as it is. We, you, you may not like the history behind it, but it's there. And the people on the other side of that are saying, well, no, there's all this history. And they're honestly in the process of rewriting history, in case you haven't noticed, in order to justify a full-on assault and maybe even the annihilation, the complete destruction, and maybe another genocide of Jewish people by de-Jewifying them through a rewriting of history and the public relations exercise that we are ongoing or being subjected to this information war. We can, I can lay that out for you in more detail another night, but it's terrible what's being done. They're confusing. They conflate. And they've been at it for a long time. in a variety of ways, using a variety of means, very sophisticated, very targeted at you in order to get all of us to a certain mind, into a place, a certain mindset. And yet so much of it is a replay of the same kinds of strategies that we've, we've seen political forces use in previous generations and in previous conflicts, including World War II. It seems to be all sort of new, and yet really, once you peel off the top layer and look down inside at what they're doing, the mechanics of this information war, they're just recycling the same old messages, and yet they're doing it today using social media. And it's interesting, you know, I, I, laid, I laid in bed thinking, as I do most of my thinking in the middle of the night when it's quiet 
And it's like all doublespeak today. And people who think that they're awake, as I keep saying, only half awake, most of us, because we're being fed truth and truth and then lies and lies from these various sides. And there is more than one side involved in this, and it's coming from different angles. And so you have a situation here, and here's an example. They want you to be a critical thinker. Well, the other side is encouraging you and is selling you critical theory. Mm -hmm. what's the result? If you're a critical thinker, you're probably on the conservative slash freedom side. And you're doing your research online, watching videos that the algorithms are feeding you. So you are unwittingly being bombarded with and encouraging the algorithm to, to feed you more of the information that you're getting inside your information bubble without realizing you're in an information bubble. And they're taking you down an information hole on this side, where the entire exercise is designed to undermine your trust in everything you think you knew, to convince you that all the history you've been taught is a lie. Hang on a second here. We have to dump off Facebook, folks, because they don't like what we're talking about. They uh, last night I was quite right. They they were messing with us. It was not a computer glitch, and they are taking us down again tonight. So we'll just do them a favor, and we'll just go away. If you're watching on Facebook, please go over to Rumble. Let me take a quick break. Well, let me finish my what I'm telling you. So it undermines your trust in government on this side. On the other side, they're peddling critical theory, critical race theory, critical political theory, identity politics. And that's all designed to do what? Undermine our trust in government and rewrite our history just being done in a different way. And then it funnels down into what's the solution? Oh, we have socialism on the left or as a solution, which would be, you know, neoliberal wokeism, communism, or over here, you've got your socialism on the right, which is your fascism, the fascistic version of Socialism. Just saying. Just saying. So they they pull you down and they suck you in. They eat you up and they spit you back out. And on the tail end of it, you basically end up in the same place. There's only, in the end, one solution.
There is only one solution, intifada revolution. Or so we're told. I don't buy it. I think there's another solution. I think there is. I'll tell you what that is when we come back after I uh, deal with a little bit of Facebook politics. Don't go away. I'm going to show you what Facebook has done. This is this is ridiculous. Whatever, man. They took they've taken our feed down tonight because we are promoting according to them. Where did it go here it is? Dangerous individuals and organizations. We don't allow people to share symbols, praise, or support of people and organizations we define as dangerous or follow them. Examples of things we don't allow. Praising a terrorist attack. I don't think I did that. Did I? Supporting violence against a particular group of people. I don't think I did that. Supporting or promoting harmful criminal activity like human trafficking. Um, don't think I did that either. This just happened. Policy rationale. In an effort to prevent and disrupt real-world harm, we do not allow organizations or individuals that proclaim a violent mission or are engaged in violence to have a presence on Meta. We assess these entities based... So it may just be that they've taken us down because I shared that video. Okay. Not because I took a stance on it one way or another, a position. They just don't want you to see it. So they're making an editorial decision. I can understand that. I wrestled with whether I should show you that footage or not. For exactly the reasons that I laid out for you. I just think that you're smart enough to understand that that Hamas video is propaganda. And I think that you're smart enough and adult enough to deal with it and come to a rational, logical, and responsible conclusion if armed with the right information, complete information in proper context. I'm not trying to spin it. I know a lot of other, <laughs> I'm going to call them social media influencers because I've taken some people that I thought were journalists out of that category because I'm seeing that some of them are nothing more than propagandists. 
because they're just uh, cheerleading for one side or the other. And they're providing their perspective on it in a way that is designed to manipulate you. I hope I'm not manipulating you. I'm just trying to share, share the information, make you aware of what's really going on, and then you can decide. If you want to pick a side, that's up to you. But uh, in this, this case, so sorry, Facebook. You know, I understand. I get it. Maybe you just don't want the footage being seen at all. In which case, if I run it, you're going to take it down. And that's what's happened over there on Facebook tonight. But that's because I have always lived a little bit dangerously. I'm not afraid to share information. I mean, I'm not stupid about it. I don't do things intentionally. I know if, if I know if we're going to be taken down, I will just refrain from sharing certain types of information in a particular way on a certain platform like Facebook, if it's going to hurt us. I don't intentionally commit social media suicide. It's senseless to do that. Unfortunately, it does result in a degree of self-censorship. It does have a chilling effect on media. That is for sure. That is what's happening here tonight. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to be very, very careful about anything else we post on Facebook. We're shadow banned like crazy over there anyway. We used to have a really sizable audience on Facebook, and now not much. They just don't allow our feed to go very far over there. So we're on Rumble and Twitter and YouTube right now. That's about it. So we are back on YouTube, and hopefully we don't get nailed over there with any kind of violation tonight. If you are watching on YouTube, please consider subscribing. Hit the notification bell so you don't miss our videos. Doesn't cost you anything to do that. Liking, that helps a lot as well. Sure does. Um, yeah, so let me just see if I can head some of this other trouble off at the pass. Yeah, see, they're um, hitting our pages now. Yeah, they're just, they're, I think they're probably going to kill our pages. They'll probably take them right down. Maybe. Don't know. Hang on, I'm just going to, well, I'm on, I'll do it while I'm on the, uh, on the show here with you. I'm going to go here, going to go over here, and we're going to delete some information, delete a little bit of content so that we don't get killed entirely. Yeah, well, we'll go back to doing what we were doing on Facebook for a while. We will just... Uh, post links to videos externally. We won't run the content directly on their platform. <clears throat> and that will, should address the problems largely, I think. That's been the strategy that I've used in the past. 
And yeah, so we had a, a really big following there for quite a while on Facebook. And they killed it. They killed it. So we'll we'll just rethink the strategy on Facebook. It's okay. I'm not going to complain. That's just the way it is in 2023. In any event, we're all being screwed with. But one way or another, it, and you see, it's pretty clear that Facebook and Google, uh, they, they definitely have a political agenda as well. That's why I say, when we think we're awake, don't kid yourself. They're showing you what they want you to see. They're what they're, and they're allowing you to see what they're going to allow you to see. And they feed the stuff to us to reinforce our bias and feed us to take us down a particular road. I, I have to say, you know, a lot of this stuff is, even though these are private companies, private corporations, they are definitely working hand in glove with government. Uh, that much is just painfully obvious, which is in itself unconstitutional. But I don't know. Got to work around that. Got to find other ways. And, we, and you know, we are winning in a way because over the last few years, we have seen the emergence of other social media platforms, which are not as controlled by government and do permit other perspectives and a, and a broader use of free speech, everything from Twitter now owned by X, well, X, you know, now purchased by Elon Musk to cloud hub and gab and um, bit shoot. And what else is out there? Gitter. And uh, for a while there, there was Parler that fell apart. You know, there are a bunch of other platforms, YouTube, Brighteon. Now, I can't say that all these platforms are offering up the most credible content. I do find a lot of stuff on there that I think is on all these platforms that is maybe not healthy. <laughs> but I say, if we're going to have free speech, we have free speech. So. Let it roll. I'll take the information chaos any day because with that, I am sure I am assured that we are still living in an environment where we still at least have some free speech because I know that in other countries where there are absolutely restrictions on free speech beyond what we're experiencing here, way beyond, you don't get that kind of information pumped out not like that not like this there's some stuff but not to the degree we're exposed to it here so yeah give it to me that's okay you can leave it all up as far as i'm concerned i'll sift through it i i, I worry about some people who maybe are not uh, who are maybe mentally vulnerable to it but overall i think we have to have it it's uh It's just what comes with living in what is left of a free society. 
And God help us if we let go of this last little bit of freedom in a pursuit of freedom. The sharing of biased and false, false news has become, become all too common on, on social, social media. media. More alarmingly, some media In an ocean of lies a century deep, the truth awaits. Choose not the red pill. Choose not the blue pill. For both are an illusion. Discover the power of M. The power of individuality. We are mavericks. We are the way to the light. Fear not the storm. Join our quest for truth. Truth will set you free. Maverick News. The world is watching. And you know, I was thinking about Einstein's theory of relativity. And not that I want to confuse anyone, but the power of M is everything. If E equals MC squared, that is energy equals mass, right? C is constant squared. But in terms of politics today and today's reality, energy equals M which is your mind. Energy equals your mind. That's you. You are one power of the individual, the power of your mind to think not just critically, but critically while applying reason. It's not enough to just think critically at a time when one side is encouraging you to think critically, which means to what criticize or be critical of what is established while at the same time, another side is selling you critical theory, which is to say a revised history designed to, in very Orwellian ways, undermine everything it is that you thought you knew in order to replace it with something new. Both exercises are deceptive or an exercise in deception leading you to an illogical conclusion, asking you to make sense of things that seem senseless because they don't make sense. You can't make sense of something that is senseless other than to say that it is something that doesn't make sense. 
So the power resides in you and in me. Collectively, yes, as individuals. The energy is us, our minds, freeing our minds through real critical thinking, but also by applying reason to reach rational conclusions based in reality, not in some fabricated, illusory, universe or world that's really what it is isn't it it's a an ongoing battle right now for the future a future of either what is real and natural or something that is synthetic and fabricated today as i sat looking at an old-fashioned current edition mind you local locally published newspaper there was an advertisement for a local jeweler selling lab-created diamonds. Yes, you could buy. You can buy lab-created diamonds. You can't buy with the human eye. Tell the difference. They're very high quality. There's virtually, and we're told, even no difference by some between the lab-created diamond and something that is created in nature. Unless, of course, you're talking to the person trying to sell you uh, the naturally created traditional diamonds which come from the earth. In which case, they'll tell you there's more nitrogen in them. But then as I read more about these lab-created diamonds, which I hadn't really been paying much attention to, it came to my realization that if you buy one of these lab-created diamonds, they have virtually no resale value. Were you aware of that? So the jewelers are selling these, charging $1,000, $2,000, $3,000, $4,000 for jewelry adorned with these lab-created diamonds. And there are other lab-created jewels now as well that are extremely high quality. Would you spend that kind of money knowing that they may not hold their value into the future because now they can produce them. Mass produce these things. It means that these lab-created diamonds have no, will have much less scarcity than jewels, diamonds that are extracted from the earth that have been created over Many, 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 many years, thousands, millions of years under pressure in the earth itself. It's a metaphor of sorts for me um, playing out in the jewelry industry. What's real? What isn't real? Can you tell the difference between a cubic zirconia and a more refined, lab-produced version of a fake diamond. But is it fake if it's exactly the same as something that comes from the earth? Or is it maybe even superior in quality, but maybe not in scarcity? 
real money, did fake money, central bank digital currency, Bitcoin, based on what? Nothing more than public trust and whether the public adopts it or not as a means of exchange or a store of value. Transhumanism, people getting jacked in to the internet at some point. We've seen Neuralink from Elon Musk. Cybernetic organisms, immortality by creating a digital you in a metaverse of the future. What's playing out right now? This war, which is a third world war already ongoing. It's like nothing we've seen before. It is new territory. It's a battle between what will be synthetic, what will be real, what will mesh. Will we have a future of fake diamonds that are just exactly the same? They're replicants. And will we be happy with that? Or do we somehow reject that? And at what point does it get to the point where you can't tell the difference anymore? Maybe we're there already with artificial intelligence. Blade Runner. You going to fall in love with an android? Makes me wonder. I came across this today. That just made me wonder even more. These are AI generated images. This was uh, artificial intelligence picks discovering the most attractive person from each country. And there's this article that I just found online. And I thought, well, this kind of, <laughs> this is timely, given that I was just reading about artificial diamonds, lab created diamonds that are selling for thousands of dollars now. You can't really tell the difference. Like way better than these old cubic zirconias, right? But are they really worth it? Are they really diamonds? So this, these are just computer-generated images of people that the computer decided this would be a... I would say this is a cliche. A series of cliches depicting your computer-generated imagery, what the most beautiful person from each country would look like, taking factors in, into account. Isn't that weird? There's Denmark. This is uh, Mexico. I don't know why the computer generated these images in many cases sort of i mean there's a, a a real sexual allure about the the way they're the women are dressed i don't know it depends on i guess what instructions you put in and what you what request you make of the computer holy smokes whoever that would be if that was a real person i would say there's a lot of working out going on there and that's in the united kingdom Ukraine. This is Chile. Armenia. These are 
if these were real people, they would be very beautiful people. Gorgeous people. Beautiful. Sudan. Just keep in mind, these people do not exist. Austria. Taiwan. Pakistan. Norway. Spain. You know, you would have to take a lot of different uh, things into account when creating an image like this. And I'd say at the end, the computer's really creating a cliche. Influenced by the sum of human knowledge as presented to the computer program itself, the algorithm. And this is how the computer would see us. Humans, this is Iceland, South Korea. South Africa. I wonder if the computer is guilty of any degree of racism here or cultural bias. India. Netherlands. China. This image, you see this one here. I thought this seems... So cliche, I almost wonder if there is a degree of digital racism involved. It seems very cliched somehow. And I don't know what it is with the outfit. Like, what is that? It's like, what do they have? Some television show called China Gladiators? Like, uh, like in the U.S., they had American Gladiators, right? You're gonna, this person going to, like, run some gauntlet or some <laughs> run through an obstacle course filled with giant foam machinery things hanging in the air you gotta dangle from above and put a ball through a hoop or something i don't know and uh here's morocco turkey japan sweden I'm interested to see what the United States is going to look like. Italy. There's Russia. Blonde hair. Looks kind of like green eyes. Singapore. France. What is it with these outfits? Peru. Colombia, Venezuela, Egypt, Ecuador, Nepal, Zimbabwe, Germany, Philippines, Saudi Arabia, Brazil, North Korea. Interesting, too, how some are so realistic and some are almost cartoonish. This is more like on the cartoonish side. Ireland, Canada, 
that person has been working out. Like, don't get her upset, man. She'll break your face. Look how strong she looks. Holy smoke, swift lifting weights or what? Bodybuilder. Australia, Jamaica. There's the United States. Standing in front of an American flag. That's the face of American beauty today. As interpreted by a computer, artificial intelligence. Just like Decker in uh, Blade Runner, main character, right? Falls in love with a replicant. Can't tell the difference between the replicant and a human. And then you have to wonder, is Decker himself a replicant? What if it becomes so good? <clears throat> artificial intelligence and artificial life forms that the replicants themselves no longer realize that they're replicants and they live among us. Should they have the same rights? Is that where we're going as a society? Would we be transplanted possibly into a replicant, our consciousness, our soul? Would that ever even be possible? Don't know. I say no. I don't think you can do that with a human being. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and our guest, our special guest will join us on the other side. I'm back. Computers uh, again. The internet's a little bit uh, glitchy tonight. Um, looks like our guest is in the back room. We have Ryan, I think, waiting in the wings. I don't know if he's there. I don't see his picture. I don't see an image of his video, but I do see he is connected. Ryan is the creator of... Oops, did we just... No, I'm still there is the creator of Sasquatch University. And he has a new television series coming out all about Sasquatch or Bigfoot. And uh, we're really excited about uh, talking about what this with him. Let me see if he's there. I'll just bring him up. Hello, Ryan, are you there? Hey, Rick, I'm here. Um, I'm having trouble getting the camera going. I don't know. It's it, Every time I hit start camera, uh, not, it won't let me. But uh, That's weird. Do you want yeah. to take a few minutes? I, I'll tell you what, you take another 
15 or however long it takes. We're on for a while here. Uh, see if you can get your camera fired up. I'll just talk about some other uh, some other news that I hadn't got, been able to get to yet. That'll give you a moment to kind of deal with your technical glitch. How's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've run into this issue once or twice before, so I'll figure it out. Just uh, no problem. Yeah. Okay. When yeah. you're ready, just okay. come on back in, and I'll see you on the bottom portion of the screen yeah. there, and and then we'll get you up on the show. Okay. All awesome. Right. Thanks, Ray. Yep. Okay. So Ryan will be back in a few minutes, and then we'll find out what his project is about, which is pretty exciting stuff. It's. Uh, I'm sure he's pumped to have a new television show. So we'll find out what all the details are surrounding that. Now, I did have other news to cover here tonight anyway, so we'll just get to that first instead of later. Um, we do have this tonight. The uh, Chief of Defense Staff, General Wayne Iyer, has, this is actually quite shocking. He has said in an interview, coming straight out and saying it, we are short of people. He says we need to rapidly, urgently rebuild our readiness. Equipment, on the equipment front, he says serviceability rates are low. And he says ammunition is critically low. He says our infrastructure needs a lot of work. And in some cases, it is in critical shape. So, of course, all of this happening, him coming right out and saying this, when the um, the federal government, the Trudeau government, just announced that we're sending more aid, more guns, more ammunition to Ukraine. When the chief of defense staff is saying straight up that we don't even have enough to supply our own troops. Anyway, here he is, General Wayne Iyer. People, uh, we are short people. We need to rapidly, urgently uh, rebuild our readiness. Equipment, our serviceability rates are low. Ammunition, uh, critically low. Our infrastructure uh, needs a lot of, uh, of work. Uh, in some cases, it is, uh, it's in critical shape. People. Okay, straight up. Now you now you know. But that's really not that new. What isn't what is new is something tonight that uh I don't know if it's new or if it's old. But it's something that I don't think has really been adequately looked at. There is video circulating of well it's from it was shot by a cab driver in Las Vegas back in 2017 during the Mandalay Bay mass shooting. There was a music festival there. And the shooter, we were told, was on the 32nd floor of the hotel. But this video shows maybe something a little bit different, maybe a lot different. Something that certainly I think, if authentic, and it appears to be authentic to me, um, if authentic, it needs more scrutiny. There was a lot about that particular incident that did not seem to make sense to me. Um, here it is here. Everybody's just standing around. There's, it doesn't seem like anybody's uh, 
moving. So this is the cab driver down sort of in the parking area first and people are just standing around. They don't really seem to understand what's going on. This, they have an active shooter up in the hotel uh, radio dispatch talking to the driver, telling the driver to get out of there because it's not safe. And um, there's a bit of a conversation going on. It, it seems like it's coming. Uh, what Like it's coming from up oh, look there. At oh, are you seeing that? So there it is. Looks like there's somebody shooting from the fourth floor. You can hear the sound and the flashes. Play it again. It seems like it's coming from up there. Oh, I don't know. But it seems like it's coming from up there. Oh, don't know. All right, I'm out of here. I don't know what it is. I think the video is real, but are those real shots? We're just a flashing light, and that could have been audio from the shooter on the 32nd floor. It's a flashing light. I don't know if that is actual gunfire. Don't know. Just looks weird, doesn't it? but maybe that's all they want. Maybe they just want to cast more doubt on things. I can't verify or debunk it. So I'm just sharing it with you. Don't know. Conor McGregor is being investigated for hate speech because of some comments he made on social media. So, of course, he's the uh, mixed martial artist, professional boxer, and former UFC champion. He uh, he made some commentaries or comments on online social media after the that vicious stabbing incident against three children in Dublin. Apparently, that was an act that was committed by an immigrant, and as a result, there was a lot of anti-immigrant backlash as a result and riots in the streets in Dublin. So McGregor argued that mass migration is exacerbating an already severe housing crisis in Ireland 
and that this made basic living unaffordable for a lot of people. Um, and he has criticized local police and specifically the police chief for a lackluster response to the violent protest that broke out after the horrifying incident in Dublin. Here's a, um, here's what he said in his social media post that got him into hot water. Just give me a moment and I'll bring it up. Here we go. And his post says, Innocent children ruthlessly stabbed by a mentally deranged non-national in Dublin, Ireland today. Our chief of police had this to say on the riots in the aftermath. Drew, not good enough. There is grave danger among us in Ireland that should never be here in the first place. And there has been zero action done to support the public in any way, shape or form with this frightening fact. In, cap, in all caps, he writes, not good enough and goes on. Make change or make way, Ireland, for the victory. God bless those attacked today, we pray. So then he then later posted this after being criticized, I guess, saying, and I hope I'm getting the timeline right on that. He says, I do not condone last night's riots. I do not condone any attacks on our first responders and their line of duty. I do not condone looting and the damaging of shops. Last night's scenes achieved nothing toward fixing the issues we face. I do understand frustrations, however, and I do understand a move must be made to ensure the change we need is ushered in and fast. I am in the process of arranging. Believe me, I am way more tactical and I have backing. There will be change in Ireland. Mark my words. This, the change needed in the last month. Innocent children stabbing, leave, stabbed leaving school. Ashling Murphy murdered. Two sl Sligo men decapitated. This is not Ireland's future. If they do not act soon with their plan of action to ensure Ireland's safety, I will. Hmm. So, Conor McGregor now wading into the political arena. Yeah, as tough as the fights were in the octagon and in the boxing ring. Um, I think you might find the political arena is even more of a blood sport. It's rough out there. Very rough. Okay, hang on. I'll be right back. The sharing of biased and false, false news has become all too common on, on social, social media. media. More alarmingly, some media in an ocean of lies a century deep, the truth awaits. 
Choose not the red pill. Choose not the blue pill. For both are an illusion. Discover the power of M. The power of individuality. We are mavericks, we are the way to the light. Fear not the storm. Join our quest for truth. Truth will set you free. Maverick News. The world is watching. The power of M, the power of your mind. The power of our minds. Maverick. Raw mavericks. Individuals. One for all, and all for one, the individual, individual rights and freedoms, and from that, a better society for all, not because it's every man or woman for him or herself, but because we all take personal responsibility for the wellness of ourselves and for our communities, because stronger communities benefit us all, including us as individuals. One for all and all for one. Strength through peace. It's all in your mind, the power of your mind critical thinking with reasoning. More to come. Greetings, brave mavericks. Our quest for truth continues. We go beyond fake news. Together we expose propaganda. Together we pull others out of rabbit holes we are maverick thinkers we are all unique individuals individuals defenders of individual rights and freedoms credible trusted grounded in reality maverick news maverick, maverick news defending free speech free speech speech donate at freedomreporters.com do it now. Tomorrow. Maybe too late. Too late. Too late. Too late. Maverick News. The world is watching. Yep. We're going to keep on working working to find a path to truth together. But right now, we have to deal with the reality of today. And we need to do that in pragmatic ways. We have to deal with what's dealt to us. And right now, there's a whole lot of turmoil in the, in the world. 
And uh, it's not playing out just in Ireland where we've seen those riots. We're seeing it right here in the United States and in Canada. And isn't it interesting to see the disruption right there on Parliament Hill, where over the last few days we've seen demonstrations like this one that go far beyond what the Freedom Convoy ever was accused of. Just listen to the words. Because we are here to shut Ottawa down. So, again, you can make uh, of that what you want. Wow. Yeah, you know, back in, um, just back to that mass shooting in Vegas, that happened in October 2017, October 1st. We, uh, we saw 58 people killed there. 850 others were wounded. The guy responsible for that, Stephen Paddock. Wow. Anyway, back to that. Yeah, so Ryan's there again in the back room, but still no camera. Let's give him a couple more minutes. And we'll check in with him and see where he's at. There was this shooting today out in Winnipeg. And this also is something of real concern to people. Obviously, three people killed, two wounded. We have this media release from Winnipeg police. I'll just push through this. We don't know much because police haven't really released much information to us yet. But we do know this much in their release. They're saying that today at about 4.05 a.m., General patrol members from downtown West District, North District, and East District responded to the 100 block of Langside Street for the report of multiple injured people. Attending officers located five people with injuries consistent with being shot. 
an adult male and an adult female were pronounced deceased at the scene. Three additional victims were located and transported to hospital in critical condition. One adult male transported to hospital has since succumbed to his injuries. An adult male and an adult female remain in hospital in critical condition. The homicide unit continues to investigate. The victim's identities are still being confirmed and notifications are pending, so no names released even at this time. Winnipeg Police Service Forensic Services Unit will be on scene for an extended period. Due to the gravity of the incident, limited information will be provided at this time. However, further details will be shared in the coming days as the investigation evolves. They're asking anybody who might have seen anything or if they have any video surveillance recordings to contact the homicide unit. 204-986-6508 or Crime Stoppers at 204-786-TIPS. They also have an online submission form at winnipegcrimestoppers.org. And I know that some people there are saying that uh, tonight they're thinking of moving out of the neighborhood because the incident has rattled them so much. And I see that our guest is ready to, to roll here. So let's bring Ryan in. Hey, Rick. Hello. How's it going? Great. How are you, Ryan? Oh, doing good. Doing good. What about you? <laughs> I'm just fine. And I'm excited to have you here tonight. When I was a kid, especially when I was a kid, uh, Sasquatch, Bigfoot was um, something that always kind of captivated my attention, especially when the $6 million man did battle with Bigfoot on, on ABC television. You're maybe a little too young to remember the excitement surrounding that, but I'm not. I'm I'm getting a little long in the tooth, so that was a big deal for me. And I'm excited to see that you have a new television series coming out. Um, tell us about that because it's it's focused on Sasquatch and Bigfoot. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm uh, hosting producing a show called uh, Sasquatch University on the Wild TV Network, and. Uh, yeah, it came out this fall, and there's new episodes every uh, Monday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And, uh, yeah, you're able to stream it any time on uh, Wild TV+. Plus. So it's been really cool getting to do and investigate Bigfoot here in Ontario. And, uh, yeah, it's just been a really cool uh, journey and a, you know, awesome ride. That's very, that is actually pretty cool. That sounds like a lot of fun, uh, you know, to be involved in a project like that. What is it that got you interested in Sasquatch and, and Bigfoot to begin with? Yeah. Um, what, what did it for me is when, when I was, uh, you know, just a little kid, um, I, I was really into the TV show Finding Bigfoot on Animal Planet. And I was probably 11 or 12 years old. And every week I'd be so excited to, to see the new episode and, and learn more about Bigfoot. I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. That there could be a undiscovered primate or, or you know, homino or hominid uh, new new species out there that we didn't know about yet, and so many people had seen. And every week there were these new witnesses with these incredible stories, and uh, I just got super interested that way. And I spend summers up in uh, Algonquin Park in Ontario, here, and uh, yeah, I. I go out, um, or you know, when I was a kid, I'd go out and try to do my own investigations and and do uh, you know everything I can to learn about Bigfoot. And by the time I got to university, I met some people that were really into Bigfoot too, 
and we started going out in the woods uh, outside of Peterborough and Ontario and doing our you know Bigfoot investigations. So uh, that, that's kind of how we got into it, and the Trent Sasquatch Society got started, and then that eventually kind of led to uh, us doing the TV show now. So it's been awesome. So you're part of a, a much larger community of Bigfoot enthusiasts and investigators. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. So that's the the Trent Sasquatch Society, and then there's a lot of great uh, researchers too in Ontario that that I've gotten to know pretty well, and they're they're awesome guys, and, and it's super cool getting to share information and, and you know kind of learn from them too. So I mean, obviously, um, there's folklore associated with all of this, and let me just see if I can find your website so I can put it up on the screen here. I had it up earlier. Well, I'll just punch it in again. It's Sasquatch University, right? Yeah, SasquatchUniversity.com. And, and there's a form on there for anyone uh, watching who has had an encounter and wants to report it to us uh, at the bottom of the website there. Okay. So as I was going to say, the, um, the as much as there's folklore and you know, myth, I guess, and entertainment surrounding all of this. There is, a, I, I guess, I take it a, a serious element to what you are uh, embarking on here. Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're, um, you know, very serious about the research we do. And uh, I think, you know, a lot of people, when they think about Bigfoot, they think about kind of the things you just mentioned, like, you know, the entertainment side and shows, and but not so much the actual evidence out there supporting that there are real bigfoots so um you know obviously that's the, the hundreds of thousands of eyewitnesses around the world that have reported things and, and seen stuff and there's even a uh, dna study going on right now at uh, carolina university that a friend of mine darby orcutt is doing right now that uh you know people it's been announced now so i'm able to say i suppose but it's it's uh really cool that that's like a university uh funded study that's taking place so I think it's awesome, and, and there's uh, you know a lot of so they're doing some about. sort of DNA testing. Yeah, yeah, they're uh, doing a test on a lot of pieces of uh, you know Bigfoot hairs and things like that, alleged pieces of DNA evidence that that haven't been tested yet, and um, so they're going to take a look at those and, and, and see what the results yield. So I can't wait. And so you'll have that information on your program as well. It's yeah, I suppose once it's it's published and everything, like um, you know, I think it's North Carolina State is the university doing the the study. So you know, the, obviously, all that information where they put it is is up to them. But but I suppose we could put a little something on the website with a link to it or, or something like that. Wow, I mean, the stuff that I see online, the videos and so on. Some of them obviously are straight up hoaxes. Other ones, um, kind of blurry. Uh, not entirely convincing, but in your travels and with all of the, the work that you've done, have, have you seen evidence or cumulatively, are you like uh, absolutely a believer that Sasquatch is a, is a real thing? Yeah, I think it's important to leave a little bit of room for skepticism, but, uh, but I'm like, you know, 90 or 95% full believer, you know? So, um, I haven't fully seen one yet, but we've had some pretty crazy encounters out there that I really just can't explain. So I don't know, you know, what caused that. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, like with throwing rocks and things like that. So, so I, I don't know. Uh, what do you mean you know, throwing what, rocks? Like a Sasquatch would throw a rock at somebody? Yeah, that's a, I guess 
just a common trait of kind of a Sasquatch, um, you know, uh, it's kind of uh, maybe suspected as a, like a, a territorial defense type of thing where, you know, they don't want someone there. And a lot of people report, uh, you know, either seeing them and then having rocks thrown or, or having rocks thrown in areas that, you know, a lot of other people see Bigfoots. So there's a huge uh, correlation there. And we were pretty spooked when, when that happened to us on uh, the season of our show. Cause it's, uh, it's freaky when you're out there and you, you know, you hear things, you know, getting, getting thrown nearby and, you know, you have therms and there's, you know, no one else out there, you're way out in the woods and, uh, it's pitch black. It's, it's pretty scary. So, um, so where did that happen? Yeah, that was in gray Bruce County. And we actually had another incident. We're not a hundred percent sure if it was a, you know, a tree branch or a, a rock, but there was no wind. So we're still kind of second guessing that one. So I, but the other one, we were like really pretty sure they were rocks. And so that, that was really freaky, but that wasn't great Bruce. And the other was up in Conklin park. So, so now, uh, both places we got a lot of reports from. Okay. So this is in Ontario. I've been looking at some maps of um, Sasquatch sightings and it seems like the majority are sort of out on the Western side of Canada and the United States. Uh, why would, why would we see clusters of it more out there? And, and I guess by extension, do you think there's gotta be more than one? Bigfoot, especially at this stage, because if there was only one, he'd be awfully, awfully old at this point. Uh, so there must be, you know, they must be having families or reproducing, uh, I would think at this point, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, um, you know, definitely uh, the, the you know, most common uh, theory is, you know, to why there's so many sightings and, and people seeing, you know, different shapes and sizes and colors of Bigfoots out there. So um, yeah, it, it's, you know, very uh, well believed, I guess, amongst the research community that, that there is obviously more than one and, uh, you know, that they probably do work in family units because that's been reported. People have seen that. So uh, it, it's pretty interesting that, you know, it, it really seems that's how they operate and that there, you know, seems to be a, a fair bit of them. Um, the West Coast definitely kind of gets the, the best reputation for uh, having all the Bigfoots out there. But you know, if you, you look at a lot of sighting maps, there's all across North America and so many other continents in the world, uh, you know, reports of these creatures being seen. And what, Ontario what, is, is very good for that. What, in your estimation, what kind of creatures are these? Are we talking about some sort of um, primate, uh, apes, human beings, missing links? What, what, what do you think they are if they indeed do exist? You know what, when, when I first got into the subject, I was very, um, I, I suppose, kind of stuck to the theory that, that it's, a, you know, a flesh and blood ape type of creature. That, that was, you know, probably kind of the most common one still today. But I think a lot of people have kind of started to shift and subscribe to the, the interdimensional Bigfoot theory, which is one I've kind of too um, have, have maybe... Uh, given a little more credibility to I've talked to some people that have had encounters that, that have those uh, elements within them. And, you know, I, I find it pretty interesting. And so I I'm very open to that side as well. I'm not really, um, I'm kind of on the fence between those two and I, I don't know which one it is. I'm still trying to figure that out. And that's what we try to figure out. Dimensional creatures like they can like, uh, phase yeah. shift or quantum leap or something. Yeah, I suppose um, 
the, the theory is that there's a sort of a fourth dimension that they're able to phase into and you know that we're not able to see them uh when i guess uh they're they're in that that realm so to speak uh and i know that that probably sounds quite wild and out there uh but but there's actually been a lot of sightings and reports that that back that up and, and alongside that um if you've ever heard of mind speak like like uh i guess bigfoot's telepathically speaking to, to people uh, out there in the woods and i you know i know that sounds pretty nuts but but there's actually a lot of really credible people that have had these encounters so it's something that at first i kind of thought what like that's that's crazy how could that be but the more people i've talked to I, i'm like huh like it really does seem like there's something here and there's a lot of really credible people that have said they've experienced this so it's something i'm a lot more open to now and there's a ton of other theories out there too uh, if you thought you know that one was maybe a little outside of the box there's there's tons of other ones and you know people saying um they're they're aliens things like that which i also believe is a possibility my my kind of view is that until we have one in a lab somewhere that's been properly reviewed by scientists we you know we don't know exactly what these things are so i think all possibilities are, are kind of open and with uh i guess however many uh reports uh, of each or i guess to kind of back up each theory there are, um, I, I start to place more credibility in myself, at least. We have seen people make claims of having a Bigfoot in captivity in the past. And um, I found one thing online the other day as I was getting ready for this interview, but I guess it would be your assertion that people who've made claims like that are probably just um, uh, perpetrating a hoax maybe to get an extra 10 bucks out of somebody as they're driving down the highway and come to some Bigfoot exhibit or something. Right. Um, because from what I'm hearing from you at, to this point, we haven't actually had anybody with credible scientific credentials have a Bigfoot in captivity to, to actually really study um, this subject. Yeah. Yeah, no, no one's had one uh, in captivity to, um, I guess, review uh, by by proper scientists. And, and there's people online that that make claims of, you know, maybe having body parts or or having one tied up in their garage. Or, you know, like it's yeah. endless online with what you can find. You can find people that you know uh, make all kinds of claims on there. Um, but then obviously, when you you go to you know call or follow up, um, you 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 know the more of those uh, rabbit holes you go down, you you find that uh what, what they're saying online obviously isn't always the case is i uh, you know is true in many things um right. you know not just bigfoot obviously there's a lot of uh, people online that you know say all kinds of things um, so you've probably gone into the history a lot researched the history of sasquatch bigfoot and i i gather that the legend of bigfoot really has its roots in first nations um, history is that correct which is why we have the name sasquatch yeah that's right yeah so um you know it obviously uh settlers have been here uh i guess since uh what you know 1400s 1500s and uh yeah if if you you know there's a lot of uh historical accounts of encounters that, that you know date back through through those centuries but if you go way further back the uh, native american culture uh, has a, a huge history of, um, I guess, uh, oral accounts, you know, oral histories are, are very big. 
uh, and and you know if, if you look at those this this creature is very uh, prominent in many of those so you know this goes back thousands and thousands of years and uh even on other continents continents um there's a lot of reports that that kind of uh, i guess have the, the same type of histories that you know go back uh, thousands and thousands of years obviously so it's not just something that's occurring uh or has occurred in, in north american uh, native history if you you know look at um, siberia australia a lot of other continents too there, there's a lot of um yeah these histories so it's, it's pretty interesting that way so what kind of footage do you rely on to do your television series footage provided by people who have had sightings uh, providing material to you in addition stuff that you're gathering as you go out into the woods yourself is that gives it a kind of a mix i haven't seen the show so i'm curious yeah so um obviously you know uh, when we go to film the show we we use our own cameras and things but but I, i'm sure you mean the uh you know different piece, pieces of evidence people send in that we right. put in the show and uh so so yeah people will send in video evidence photo evidence we even got uh you know my favorite piece a really good howl that that someone recorded and we sent to the ministry of natural resources and they, they couldn't identify as an, a known animal so that was very interesting to me and uh, so so in the show we go and meet with all these people and, and you know ask them about their encounters and, and try to learn what we can and, and follow up on the evidence and, and obviously play them in the show so uh, i'm you know excited for people that are interested in the subject to get to go check those pieces of evidence out and, and really learn about uh, i guess kind of what's gone on with with bigfoot here in ontario and what continues to go on so um yeah and you are part of a community i guess you're also even on your website i see you're sort of encouraging um students at universities to establish addition there are clubs i guess at universities and you'd like to see even more of these clubs established i guess to create a a broader social network yeah, exactly. So when I was in university at Trent University in Peterborough, um, me and some friends started something called the Trent University Sasquatch Society. And that was a, a Sasquatch research group that, uh, you know, like a school club that has now reached over 300 members and is the biggest club at Trent. So it's uh, it's been pretty cool. It's the cool. biggest club? It's the biggest yeah. one? Yeah, that's that's okay. what I've been told. So um <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah. So there's 300 members. So it's it's really grown since we started, obviously, with just maybe like 10 or 15 of us. And uh, yeah, so so we really encourage uh, people at other universities to to start societies of their own that you know similar to ours. And and we would have researchers on Zoom come and and give lectures, and, and you know the students could do kind of a, I guess like um like a Q and A type of thing with the researchers. And uh, it was really cool, and, and so many people were, were able to learn more about about Bigfoot there at Trent. So it was just awesome. So, what kinds of of evidence have you uncovered yourself? Yeah, out there in the field, uh, you know, obviously, uh, I think the most interesting was probably the the rocks I mentioned. But yeah, I mean, um, you know, the the coolest thing for us is, is we're pretty fortunate the the news in Ontario really has taken an interest in, in what we've been doing over the past few years. And that's really allowed us to connect with people here in Ontario. So we get so many reports and that, that really allows us to have um, such a, a broad database of information of, of, you know, where reports are coming from, when, mm -hmm. um, you know, hotspots. Um, so, so that, that really helps obviously, because otherwise you're kind of looking for a needle in a haystack. 
and to go in and check out some, you know all the the information and um, pieces of evidence that that you know people haven't seen before the show uh, was was really cool and and we would never have been able to to do that if it weren't for making all those connections and and going and, and you know seeing the like you know the footprint evidence and videos and pictures sent in and the howl and uh, so that's that's been the coolest thing for for me getting to check out the evidence here in Ontario. Yeah, and I see you are getting a lot of uh, attention coverage in even mainstream media. Global Television did a report with you, the Toronto Sun, CBC News, uh, the Peterborough Examiner, uh, the Evan Solomon Show on iHeartRadio, News Talk 1010 with David Cooper, Nicola Valley Bigfoot Podcast, the next generation of researcher. And uh, what's Bigfoot Backpacker Podcast? What's that? Uh, yeah, it's a, a Bigfoot podcast. Um, you know, kind of kind of similar to the others where, uh, you know, you go on and, and talk about all things Bigfoot. I see. And Paranormal Almanac. Kurt yeah, gets uh, a and, visit and, from the Trent Sasquatch Society. <laughs> yeah, and, and those were just the ones. Uh, we haven't actually updated, like, the new section of the website in probably, like, a year and a half. So So those were really just um kind of ones about the trent sasquatch society when when that kind of blew up in the news back in the day um so yeah. there's been a lot more since then and uh we even had uh we did something with like the new york times a month or two ago and oh, um yeah. yeah so so there's been a a lot since then especially to do with the show um, and it's just really helped us connect with so many people and gather so much information that uh we would never have been able to find online which has been, been a huge help very interesting stuff who else works with you? Oops, I took you off the show there. Oops. There you go. You're back. Yeah, I'm back. Pull that down. <laughs> who, who else works on the show with you? Yeah, so my co-host, uh, Joel Porter, uh, awesome guy. And he's now the, the president of the Trent Sasquatch Society. I graduated last year, so he's taken over now. And they're doing really well. Um, so I, I'm glad that even, you know, now that I'm gone and, uh, and doing the show uh, full time now. I, uh, you know, the, the legacy of the Trent Sasquatch Society is still carrying on and they're doing a really good job. What do you think the positive impact from Sasquatch, the, the Bigfoot tale, how does it impact our society? And do you think that the overall impact is positive or negative? I guess that would really be the question. Yeah, I think it's positive. You know, I think we're kind of getting to a place where um, people in the world are, are maybe uh, a little more accepting and, and maybe don't show so much stigma towards subjects that are, you know, kind of been a bit more taboo, obviously like Bigfoot, where a lot of people just kind of think it's a, a joke or, you know, something to be laughed at. And there, there's really a lot going on there. And, you know, I think a real comparable is kind of the UFO subject. Um, just just a few years ago you had the u.s government releasing videos of ufos and, and saying that they're here and we don't know what they are and i think that's um kind of a huge step not just within um the, the ufo subject alone but the paranormal subject alone and i think um it'll be a good thing for society to kind of uh i, I guess know and, and understand what a lot of these things are that have kind of just been considered legends for such a long time or, or things that are laughed at because you know before the u.s government released that footage you know you probably would have gone ufos like ha 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 or you know they must be crazy but now the government's releasing videos of them so um you know obviously it's something that uh 
I guess has the potential to, to change a lot in our world and society, I suppose, but I think it's important for people to, to know about. So are you into the, just the first season of the show right now? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's a 13 episode season and I think there's, um, I think we're a bit past the, the halfway or, or I guess kind of actually near the end. Cause I think uh, I'm not sure which, I think maybe eight or nine comes out this week, but yeah, there's, you know, always a new episode on, on Mondays. And uh, yeah, I'm just excited for people to, to check it out and see what we were able to go investigate. Cause it was really cool getting to do. And uh, That's very cool. yeah, so yeah. And so again, what network is this seen on? Yeah. The wild TV network. And that's a specialty channel in Canada. Is it seen in the States at all? Um, yeah, you can get it in the States, but I, I think uh, you have to get it through Wild TV Plus, like the streaming version in the States. And then I think in Canada, in some parts of Europe, they have like the cable channel version. I see. And so not available online, like on YouTube or anything like that at this point? Uh, not on YouTube, but... Um, yeah, like I think anyone uh, online can just get it through Wild TV Plus. Uh, and I, I think it's just like $4 a month or something like that. So, uh, oh, so you can yeah. subscribe to yeah, that on, it's on online. You can get it online by subscribing over yeah. the internet. Okay, let me just show people. I just found it online here. So I'll just bring it up on the screen so people can see where they can watch your show. So there it is there. So you don't need cable. You just need a subscription online to Wild TV. Is that it there? WildTVPlus.ca. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's the spot. Cool. So you've got, you can sign up there and then you're just, uh, you're one of the shows in the lineup. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah, you just, uh, Log on, I guess, and, and and type in Sasquatch University, and you'll be able to see uh, everything we got up to, and and us looking for Bigfoot for thirteen episodes. So hopefully, people check it out and enjoy. How did you get the TV deal? Were you like in in school learning about what, like broadcasting, journalism, something completely unrelated, and you just fell into this, or how did that happen? Yeah, I did um, Canadian cultural studies with a, I guess I had a specialization in film and media, a part of my degree, but that that actually didn't really have anything to do with that. We more just kind of fell into it uh, when I was done university. And I, I guess it was kind of maybe our last month there at university and we got put in touch with sort of like a media company that, that does some stuff with, with music in our university. Um, and they were like, oh, you should try to do one of those Bigfoot shows or something. You know, it seems like the news really likes you guys. It's like, yeah, and uh, they were kind of like, "But you go sell the show, Ryan, and uh, you know, uh, make it happen." And and I didn't really know how to or what to do, but I, I just kind of figured it out and went along. And then a few months later, we were um, in touch with Wild TV, and um, yeah, we actually didn't really end up, uh, I guess, working with with the company originally, but we still had Wild TV interest in, in making a show with us. So. Um, yeah, I, I actually uh, incorporated a production company to, to do it. And uh, yeah, that and then went and, and made the show and, you know, figured out all the contract stuff with the network and all the sponsors. And um, yeah, it's been a lot of work uh, from there, but but it's definitely been worth it. And now that the show is uh, on TV, it's it's super cool to, to check out and see that, you know, all the work, um, I guess, paid off and, and, you know, people are, are able to, 
that have an interest can, can go to a place and, and kind of learn with us on, on this journey. So I'm glad people are, are able to do that now. That's very cool. It's, it's an exciting journey. And uh, I know from having been in the broadcasting industry all my career that it's, it's certainly challenging, especially as an independent producer, but you made it, man. You've got yourself a TV series. That's very cool. Yeah, thanks. I'm, I'm glad. I hope people uh, enjoy watching it. And, um, you know, hopefully when they're done, uh, our, our Bigfoot believers, just like us at the end of the show. So, yeah, I hope that happens for people. All right. Very excited to see one of the episodes. I'm going to have to subscribe and uh, and get access so I can watch your show. Um, just once again, Ryan, is there anything else you'd like to to add or think that I might have been missing? No, I, I suppose not. I, I guess we we really kind of covered everything there. But uh, yeah, I guess uh, yeah, just a, a reminder for um, you know anyone that's seen a Bigfoot or, or thinks they've had an encounter to go to our website sasquatchuniversity.com and uh, please report it, and we'll uh, get back to you and, and check it out. And uh, for anyone that wants to watch the show, Mondays at uh, five thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Wild TV. Okay, and I'm just going to bring your website up one more time for people so that you can see how to contact Ryan. If you've had a Bigfoot encounter, if you have any evidence, any video, or I don't know, if you have a Bigfoot tied up in your garage and uh, you're inclined to share him or her with the world, give Ryan a, a call or contact him by direct messaging right there on their website, which is at sasquatchuniversity.com. Very cool stuff. Ryan, thank you so much, my friend. It's It's been a delight. Yeah, you too, Rick. Thanks for having me on. Okay, my pleasure. And with that, folks, we'll take a quick break. Um, we'll let Ryan sign off here, and we'll come back on the other side with more news of the day. Don't go away. Exile. The Knights of Malta. Maverick News. Join us. The world is watching. And since it's Sunday night and we were just talking about Bigfoot, I might as well stay in that vein. <laughs> I just, I came, just by chance, I came across this today and I thought, well, I've, if we're going to talk about Bigfoot, we have to give the giant squirmy wormy um, his due as well, whatever the heck this is. I do not know what this, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what this is, and I don't know much of anything anymore. What is this? What is it? Giant squirmy wormy. Fire in the hole. It's got to be explosives, right? Under the ground. Looks like a giant gopher. I don't know. Was that a scene from Dune with the giant squirmy wormies under the 
under the earth with that. Do you remember Dune? They had the things that, oh my God. Never liked that movie. Never liked that series, actually, much to be honest. Oh, what's, I got that uh, magic hockey stick too. Since I didn't get to show you this this week, we got so busy with other stuff. Let me see if I can. I'll find the link here. I sent it to myself as part of, here it is here. The magic hockey stick. Yeah. Okay, so. Okay, look at this. This is um, Calgary player, I guess, loses his stick when he's checked. And look what happens to the hockey stick. Oops. Okay. Got to bring this up. This is the strangest thing. There has to be some explanation through, you know, physics and science for this, but I can't put my finger on it. Okay, let's just watch this. This is a cat. The Calgary Flames playing. I don't know who is that. Who's the other team in yellow? I don't know. It doesn't matter. What matters is the stick is magic. Watch what happens. Come on, play. What's going on? The internet's just freezing up here. Hang on. Just give it a second. He's going to get checked into the boards. He's going to drop his stick. And then the stick is going to follow him when he gets up and skates away. Watch. I'll reboot this thing. Here we go. Let's bring it up. Stupid internet. Oh, put more stock in mysticism than technology these days. Doesn't play smooth at all. Here we go. Okay, watch. So he falls down there, and then he turns, and look what happens to his stick. Did you see that? I'll let it play again. Watch. He falls down, slides over, stick goes into the boards, comes to a stop, he skates away, and then it tries to follow him. I don't know why he was skating away without his stick anyway, but I'd want my stick back. But he leaves it, turns, skates away, and the stick follows him. I'm, isn't that kind of weird? Is the stick possessed? Is it magnetic? Look, it jumps. It actually jumps and tries to follow him. It's like it's in love with it with the player. Doobie or Dubay. I don't know who he is. I can't keep track of all the players anymore. Watch the stick again. I'm going to slow it down for you. We'll go half speed, okay? Let's just requeue. So he, watch this. So he falls. Stick slides into the corner. Comes to a rest. It stops. He gets up, doesn't go to pick it up. He skates away. And the stick actually jumped and then slid toward him. Pretty weird. Pretty weird. Uh, just saying, it's weird. 
Anybody with any comments on that? Jujubaba. I don't know. Make it smaller, Mav. Yeah, I, I don't know. I can't really zoom in much on it. I can make it bigger by taking myself out of the shot. But I really can't zoom in on this computer the way it's set up. But I'll let it roll again here. So here comes the player. Okay, he's going to slide. There he's sliding. He fell or got tripped, I guess. Stick into the corner. It stops. And then it goes pop. Watch it pop. It actually jumps. See, it actually comes right up off the ice. Now, I don't know. Was there like stored energy in the stick? Like uh, because it was compressed or something? It makes no sense to me. Weird. That's my explanation for that one. That's just weird. Just kind of weird. Ah, oh boy. I don't know. Messages coming in here. Let me just check, see if somebody's got some information we need. I'll just check over here. Who is messaging me over here? No, it's not directly for me. It's okay. It's all right. Let's take another break. I shall return. Don't go away. We are Mavericks. We say no to the Trudeau and Biden New World Order. And to bugs. Because bugs are creepy and gross. And people should not eat bugs. Maverick News. The world is watching. Okay, <coughs> excuse me, coughing. Hmm. So if you're old like me, you might remember Marty Croft, TV producer, produced some programs like um, H.R. Puffin stuff and the Donnie and Marie show, the Osmonds. Um, he has passed away. The age of 86. Also produced Land of the Lost. I, uh, H.R. Puffin stuff. Now that was a show that even as a kid, I thought was so weird. I could never get into it. A lot of my friends were into that stuff. But it just, um... I swear to God, some of the stuff that came out during that era, I think the producers were all taking acid because it was so whacked. 
It just seemed wacky to me, all of that stuff. I mean, look at the characters. It just, what are they doing? Sitting around doing what kind of drugs to come up with this stuff? I find a lot of kids' programming is like that, in my opinion. <laughs> Marty Croft, co-creator of imaginative children's TV shows. Imaginative, yeah. Dies age 86. Had that character, Witchy Poo. Marty Croft, TV producer. Had hits like the Donnie and Marie show in the 1970s. Passed away. The Osmonds variety show was clean cut. But that other show, HR Puff and stuff, it was just, it was very 70s. I'll say that. The colors, the style. HR Puff and stuff proved to have pop culture staying power, it says here. No kidding. That was, I'd say, a cult following. Um, it only had 17 episodes, but it was very surreal. Featured, it was on an island with a witch, a talking flute, a shipwrecked boy, and a red-headed cowboy boot-wearing dragon. Came in 27th in a 2007 TV Guide poll ranking of all-time cult favorites. 45 years after the show's 1969 debut, the title character graced an episode of another Croft Brothers success, Mutt and Stuff, which ran for multiple seasons on Nickelodeon. I didn't even know about that one. Yeah, anyway, passed away. Yeah, Puff and Stuff was their first hit. Spawn of the 1970 feature film Puff and Stuff. Many more shows for various audiences followed, including Land of the Lost, Electra Woman, and Dinah Girl, Pryor's Place, with comedian Richard Pryor, and DC Follies, in which puppets gave a satirical take on politics and the news. Mm -hmm. Sid Croft posting on social media saying he's heartbroken by his younger brother's death, telling fans, all of you meant the world to him. Yeah. I wasn't a fan of the shows, but uh, I did watch them. But back then, in 1969, as a kid, we only had maybe five channels. And we just had a black and white TV. Maybe that's why I'm so weird today. I was spoon fed my information through the boob tube. Five channels to start with. And uh, it's been steady growth since then to a 500 channel universe. And now the internet with infinite hours of programming provided by an infinite number of producers in an interactive medium, taking us into territory where no one has gone before. Buckle up. The ride is just beginning.
the New World Order. Government Overreach The Great Reset Mainstream Media Lies Now more than ever, independent voices are needed. Donate now, at FreedomReporters.com That's FreedomReporters.com Maverick News The Antivirus Program For Your Mind just over just checking the chat in rumble some of the comments are pretty funny tonight he says i'm talking about the boob tube and uh somebody said maybe i just didn't get enough boob <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> Hello, Mavericks. Just typing into the uh, into the chat on Rumble. Yeah, please consider subscribing over on our Rumble channels. As you can see, we're not on Facebook tonight because I guess I just glorify terrorism. I just <laughs> oh. I think they have a bunch of kids working in their censorship departments at these social media places. They just, they, 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 I don't know, man. Like what's the interview process go like if you're going to work in the censorship department? Do you have any uh, background in media training? No. History? No. English? No. What did you study? Basket weaving 101. You're what we want. What is it? I don't know. Uh, whatever. I've given up, you know, being upset about any of it. It's just. Just got to take it. Roll with it. Go to other platforms. Can't rely or depend on YouTube and Facebook anymore. They're just going to manipulate and kick you off. So just deal with it, right? Unless you're just going to post videos about cats and dogs and benign things. They don't, you know, it seems like they want, they want people talking about weird. Anyway, whatever. Okay. Um... All right, it's a little after eight, so I would say instead of uh, focusing continually here on news stories, let's go to the phones. All right, I'm going to run a little promo here, and we'll take a few phone calls. So hang on. I'll be right back right after this. <laughs> Maverick News. Fighting for freedom.
Hey, I'm getting the phone line set up, and here's the number to call. Join the conversation. Call 1-833-975-3733. That's 1-833-975-FREE. Speak up. Speak out. Make your voice heard. Maverick News. Fighting for freedom by defending your right to free speech. Be a Maverick. Join us. are operational we're online we're ready to start taking calls i will put the number on the screen here the number is 1-833-975-3733 just a reminder that you can support the show and help pay for these phone lines and cover our other bills by donating at freedomreporters.com that's freedomreporters.com you can also donate at maverickdonations.com if you're over on Rumble, you can donate using the, the Rumble Rants, too. And as always, if you are watching on Rumble, YouTube, Twitter, I'd say Facebook, but they kicked us off again two nights in a row now. But uh, like, share, subscribe, and uh, ring the notification bell on YouTube. Yeah. And you'll find us with rebrods on our podcast. CloudHub, BitChute, YouTube, some other platforms too. And again, we're ready to take calls at 1-833-975-3733. Let's go to our first caller of the night. And here he is, uh, the man. Oh, hang on. Got to bring him up there. Why isn't he coming into the system? Maybe the internet's uh, giving us some grief again. Says everything's fired up. Looks like we're connected. And I don't know if we're running or not. Yeah, we're running. Come on, computer. There we go. There you go. You got it now. Finally. Hello. How are you tonight? What's I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Great weekend, Rick. Uh, I'll tell you about the uh, the Sasquatch sightings uh, in Toronto. There's lots of them. I'll tell you. If I would have went to that uh, bar called Zanzibar, which is one of the oldest uh, strip clubs in Toronto, uh, I'm sure I would have seen a few Yetis in there. <laughs> No doubt. Guaranteed. Yeah, no doubt. And the great thing great thing about this show, I want to tell people, okay, I'm going to tell you guys a story. Uh, I go to Toronto, and Johnny will probably be calling in next. He's listening. He listens every night. Uh, me and him met up, and uh, his wife, right, and uh, we met up down at uh, City Hall Square for the lighting of the Christmas tree. And I did a YouTube video, right, and uh, uh, Dog Chow, the mayor, 
of Toronto was speaking, and she's so full of shit, guys. I'll tell you, I just we I was laughing. She got a lot of booze actually, and uh, yeah. So first, uh, I find Johnny. Anyways, I don't know what he looks like, uh, but I told my when I when I met him, I said, you know what? I was expecting somebody way different. Uh, I expected Johnny uh, to be about ninety-five pounds, soaking wet, uh, no teeth, bald. Okay, and he was nothing like that. He was about my size, uh, teeth, with more hair than me. He had hair like you, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we went out. We had a few drinks. We hung up at this imperial bar he takes me to, right on uh-huh. Queen Street, and a nice little pub, great pub, right? Uh, and uh, he's a funny guy. I'll tell you, fuck. We had some great laughs, and his wife, right? Great people. And uh, my daughter came out anyways, and uh, now we're drinking a few beers, and I uh, had South Korean grill the night before, so I was a little gassy, right? Uh, you know, I don't let them rip at the uh, at the bar, you know, I was just inhumane, right? So we went outside to have a cigarette, and uh, and uh, Johnny's behind me, and I, I let out a great big fart. At first, I said, hey, Johnny, can you, can you grab that? He says, what? And I let out a great big fart, right? Well, not knowing that there's a couple of uh, Japanese tourists FaceTiming, Right, and they caught it on their FaceTime. Oh, <laughs> and they look over, and they start laughing. Johnny and his wife just start laughing. So you're laughing, laughing, laughing. I thought you were. Sorry, I'm okay. just I'm just bringing up your um, <laughs> I'm bringing up your Facebook page here, showing people what you're talking about. Was I think it was on YouTube actually? Uh, oh, was it? Because there's the like video uh, with Johnny. Looks like uh, the food thing. At oh, a there's restaurant. a bunch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's me and my daughter having uh, yeah, South Korean barbecue. You can bring yeah. that up. It's pretty yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. And but I. Yeah, he's a funny guy, Rick. I'll tell you, he's a he's a funny guy. And uh, just through your show, I've met uh, obviously Anesty. She wound up living probably 500 feet from my house, right? Which is pretty wild. Um, and her husband and uh, uh, PDS Paul, seen him in Toronto, and now Johnny. So, you know, there's a lot of people on the bucket list that are in the chat that are great people, right? I love them. They're great. We chat all the time. Right. So, yep. you know, that's a great thing about your show. You bring people together, right? You got some pretty crazy shit on your show, I'll tell you. <laughs> that's true. You know, we do. Now, <laughs> You, you you do you know some some of the topics uh, are just way out there and I'm just laughing going you got to be joking me I'm not a believer in Bigfoot by the way uh, you know like he said he had a 95 percent chance of uh, you know a five percent skeptical chance anyways 95 percent chance he's sure of Bigfoot to, well I'm 95 percent sure there's a Santa Claus yeah well I see that your daughter took That's you to easy. see Santa yeah what what did you ask Santa for 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 Christmas. One more year. Yeah, that's a good thing to ask for. Yeah. Just give me one more year. I'm 53. If I make it to 54, I'll ask for a year every year, right? That's all I want. I just want to live happy, peaceful, and, uh, you know, uh, be content, right? There's a lot of a lot of negative going on in the country right now. Yeah. One in the world, in the whole world, not just our country, right? So, you know, just to be content, be able to work, you know, I switch jobs tomorrow, switch shops anyways. 
same job, different shop. So, you know, the, it's always good to make a different move, right? And see different faces. And, you know, you get sick and tired of people's bullshit every, for me, any five, six, seven years in the same shop, I usually move to another shop and do my thing, right? So yep. for me to move, I don't have to hear all the same bullshit from the same people every day, right? So there'll be a whole new line of people. So I'm happy about that, right? Uh, but it was a great time in Toronto with my daughter, and to meet Johnny was a great, 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 great time. But with that being said, I'm going to let you go, Mr. Rick. Okay. Appreciate that, Leo. Really appreciate that. Have a great day, guys. Okay. And up next, Bye-bye. we have Gina. We have Gina. Hello. Hello, hey. everybody. Um, I just thought I would give you guys a quick call and let you guys know I'm still all breathing and alive. There seems to be a lot of people that want to um, send me money. I don't have email transfer or e-transfer or anything like that. Um, I'm really not sure how to, you know, kind of overcome that except for going open one, but I don't know. I've kind of got some weird things about that sort of thing, but, um, anyways, I just wanted to thank everybody for, for, um, at least, you know, sending love my way. Um, I, I'll let you guys know, I guess, uh, if I do decide to do that email transfer thingy and, and get something like that on the go, um, but yeah, I just wanted to let everybody know that I am okay. It's just, I'm struggling right now. Yeah. And you need a, you need to find a new place to, yeah. to live, right? That's what yeah, you're I, 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 yeah, I mean, this is it, right? Like, I mean, I live in my fifth wheel travel trailer and, um, I'm parked at a friend's house right now and three more family members have moved in and I have to go. Been looking for three years. Can't find anything that I can afford. So, I don't know. You know, I mean, I, I, I just, I don't know how to fix this. I mean, um, I'm on my CPP disability, and that's what my income is at this point. And, I mean, it's really not quite logical for me to, you know, rent a place for $750 when I only get $1,000. Um, that's not enough money left for nothing. And so, you know, it's a struggle. So... I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't have any answers. I've been trying and trying and trying and can't seem to get anywhere. And, you know, I mean, I just, I just don't know what to do. So, you know, I put it out on Facebook on my channel and, um, you know, to, to, um, hopefully find somebody that, you know, might have some property where I can, you know, take my trailer and, um, you know, and so far nothing. And, you know, I've I've got until January, and after that, I don't know what's going to happen, if I'm going to end up in the shelters or exactly what's going to happen, or if I'm going to have to rehome my pets. What area are you in out there, Gina? Where, where? I'm I'm in Princeton, British Columbia at the moment, but I mean, I can go, you know, I mean, I can go wherever, um, and... Uh, you know, I, I just got to get a tow truck or whatever to uh, get me to wherever I got to, you know, where the final destination is. Um, but, I'm, you know, I'm open to leaving leaving uh, BC if, if um, you know, there's there's a place elsewhere for me. Um, that's not too much of an issue. I'll, I, you know, I mean, the campgrounds out here, they, they, they start at like $800 a month and then you got to pay the hydro on top of it. Well, I just can't do it. Right? It's just not feasible. 
So, you know, I mean, I am trying to get things going for for business, but it's going to take some time because I got to go through and get government grants and stuff to do this. When and if that is successful, then, you know, then I will be okay. Um, but it's going to, it's going to take some time for all of that to come through. And, but the stress of this is kind of, kind of taking up my time for trying to, you know, focus on finding out where to, you know, contact these people in order to get the uh, funding that I need to, to get these businesses going. And, you know, I know that what I've got planned here is going to be, um, I mean, it's carbon neutral companies and all that sort of stuff. And right now the government is all gung ho at supporting companies like this. So if it's any time, it's right now, right? So I just got to figure that out. And, you know, I, I, I've got a really great business plan, but I, I need money to get that going. And I got to do, um, uh, uh, with a, a demo model of my, my product. And, um, then, um, then, then I've got some really big ideas on who to get to get this all going. And I can get some big contracts pretty fast once I, once I get this out there, but it's just, you know, I mean, it's just kind of one more thing I'm trying to do in, but I got to get settled first somewhere and, you know, and then, you know, then start hitting the local governments to see about getting some grants. So we'll see from there what I can do. But in the meantime, I still need a place to park my trailer and call home. I don't, it's only a 26 foot, I think it is. And, you know, I mean, I don't even, I don't even have running water in here, um, you know, and, <laughs> or a furnace that works. Um, <laughs> I make do. Um, so it is what it is. And, um, but it's still home. Um, you know, uh, but pretty soon I'm not going to have a place to park my home. And so I need to fix that. I really would really rather be, you know, um, uh, living independently than have roommates. Um, that's just my own personal preference. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I really don't know, um, what to do. I'm just kind of, you know, pulling my hair out, trying to figure this all out. And, um, it's just, it's, it's not easy. None of this is, none of this is easy. And, you know, it's, um, it's, it's definitely a, a really tight place for people to be in. And, uh, for myself, it's, uh, you know, I mean, I've helped other people get through things like this and, uh, the biggest problem is, is money. And, you know, I mean, because I'm already on the CPP disability, it's, that's where my funding comes from. Right. So, but it's not enough. Right. I mean, if I didn't have my widow's pension on top of that, that's the two from CPP, I wouldn't even be getting my 1056 a month that I do get. I would only be getting like 649 or something stupid like that. And the rest is the widow's pension. So, you know, I, there's anybody who, you know, can learn anything from my experiences is, please do something to make sure you can put some money away, invest something somewhere along the line, because if you guys are counting on CPP to get you through, it ain't going to carry you. And, uh, it's, it's a really, really hard place to be. And, um, you know, I mean, I think it's like four thirty-nine or something crazy number like that for my widow's pension. So like I said, it works out to 1,056 a month, whatever. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's not, um, there's no other money for me. And, um, you know, in the meantime, I, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to, 
to get by. And I mean, I, I do barely, but I, you know, I've, I've, I've learned how to live a very minimal life. Um, not that that's a bad thing. Um, but it is hard not having showers and, you know, uh, right now it's, I've been told that, you know, um, the family members now, um, have the shower downstairs. So I'm like, well, what about me? I gotta get out guys. <laughs> I need a new place to go. <laughs> well, I'm sorry that you're struggling That's... and it's, it's obviously a terrible time for a lot of people and you're really caught up in, uh, in the in the thick of inflation and housing crisis, and uh, yep, and it's just not enough. No, yeah. no, it's not. No, and um, this is this is the thing. And I and I know that I'm not the only person in this boat. Um, although maybe not quite the same because I'm living in a travel trailer, um, and I've been living this way for six years. And you know, most people who have health problems wouldn't even consider doing this, but it was either this or I was going to be on the street six years ago. So, um, you know, this, this trailer that, you know, um, has some electrical problems and has, has, uh, um, you know, my furnace doesn't even work in here. When I do heat myself up with, I have a little electric heater and I use my stove, which is really not safe either, but I, I don't really have any other options. So it's kind of like, you know, you'd make do with what you have and that's what I've done. And so, um, you know, I mean, although I have ice beside my bed, not yet, but when it gets down to about minus 10, the ice comes through and, you know, and, uh, I have to pull everything up from the area beside my bed because it gets full of ice. It, it's just the way I live. And, you know, I mean, two house coats and, um, you know, you, you, you do what you got to do. It gets down to minus 50 here. And, um, but it's like, well, I didn't have anywhere else I can take my trailer where it's not minus 50, if you know what I mean. And so, um, I could go down to the coast. Um, but the problem with that is, is, you know, they're put in all these new bylaws and stuff, and especially in BC, they're coming down on everybody, everybody that I, that I've talked to about this whole thing. They, um, you know, everybody says yes. And then they check into what the government's doing with the bylaws in BC and they're trying to stop everybody from allowing people to have trailers, um, and people living in on, on the farms even. So it's, it's a big problem. It is a big, big problem. And so, you know, I mean, that's, that's just the way that it is. Right. And, and so they're, you know, crowding you into the campgrounds, but people who are living, uh, you know, on a thousand dollar income can't afford $800 plus hydro. Um, you know, that there's going to be no money to live. I don't know what they are, what, what the heck is going on with the government. I don't understand it. None of it makes any sense on what they're doing to us. Um, but you know what? This is my fight. And you know what? They're not going to like it because I, I, I'm not going to roll over and die and, you know, and just kind of silently suffer. I, once I get, once I find some sort of location and get myself stable, this is, this, they've now made it my fight. And, um, so, 
you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm kind of sorry the dog is alone. Um, but this is my fight and, um, you know, and I'm going to do whatever I can to, you know, make a very loud noise that, you know, there's definitely a lot of things going on and there's a lot of people that are suffering and, you know, we've got people that are homeless living in the river, on the riverbanks, they've made cabins. It's really crazy. Like, honestly, people, um, we've got people down here at the riverbanks making cabins out, out of, uh, you know, bits of wood and, and, and whatever they can find to live. I mean, there's something wrong with this picture. We've got people living underneath the bypasses that are making cabins. Like, this is just, like, they're, they're literally living underneath there. They got little fireplaces and everything going on. And this is, this is what people are living with. And, and it's happening right here in my little town in Princeton. And, you know, I mean, we've got at least three people that I can tell you right now that are living on the riverbank right here, downtown Princeton, and it's going to get down to minus 50 below here. I don't know how, you know, honestly, I I just, I don't know how these people are going to make it. I don't know how I'm going to make it, Um, you know, but something has to change. We have to do something about this situation. I mean, I don't know how many people I know that, you know, I mean, the rents are, you know, for a one bedroom place in British Columbia, you're looking at at least $1,500. Well, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm making like $500 shy of, of even being able to pay a regular one bedroom rent. You know, it's just impossible. And three year wait list to get into any BC housing or anything like that. So where does that leave me? It leaves me on the streets like everybody else. So, you know, I mean, that's why, you know, that's one of the reasons why I chose to be in a trailer to begin with was because, you know, at least I could be mobile and I could, you know, take it wherever, but it's just getting harder and harder. And it's just really, you know, um, there's, it's just not an easy ploy no matter what. And I'm just trying to make do with what I got. And, so, Gina, if, I don't know um, how to change if somebody it. Um, has a place who wants to contact you, is there a way they can get a hold of you? Well, that's it. This is, I, I don't even know how to go about doing all of that. I mm-hmm. like at this point, I don't. I don't know. I mean, what do you recommend? Do I, well, I don't you have, have no. You, you don't I have mean, an email address. Yeah, I do have an email address. It's it, it's Gino Neal at. Um, at, 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 I'm really bad at this. I, it's, I think it's at Google. Let me know, or at, at Gmail. Just a second. Uh, I wrote it down here. Yeah, Gina Gina O'Neill eight eight four seven. So it's all lowercase. J I N A O N E I L L eight eight four seven at gmail dot com. I'll put it up on the screen in a banner for people. Okay, there it is. Okay. Let me and, uh, uh, over here. So if you guys, anybody out there has a place where Gina can take her trailer, or if you have another solution for her out in British Columbia or some other viable location. Um, I need to make room here in the folder section. Yeah, because I'm not seeing it on the screen yet. I'm just still seeing your phone number. Yeah, yeah. But it's all just lowercase. It's J I N A 
O N E I L L eight eight four seven at gmail dot com. So yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Contact Gina at that email address right there. Gina O'Neill, 8847 at gmail.com. And hopefully somebody out there is seeing this and they can offer up a solution for you, Gina. I hope so. That would be really great. I would really greatly appreciate that. If anybody's got any ideas, um, you can contact me there and hopefully we can come up with some sort of solution. Um, for at least the time being and um, figure out the rest later. But yeah, so thank you very much. Okay, Jim. And there it is. I finally see it in there. We got to move on, but we'll keep us posted on what's going on out there. uh, I sure will. (laughs) Something's going to happen. Thanks, everybody. All right. I hope so. I I hope so. All right. Thanks, everybody. Blessings. Talk to you later. (laughs) Bye-bye. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. All right. Go ahead. You're up next. Go ahead. Sasquatch. Sasquatch here. <laughs> Hello, John. How are you tonight? She can go live with Sasquatch. He's probably got a nice big mansion up in the woods. No, I, I feel sorry for Gina. It, it's tough. Yeah. Uh, uh, the situation she's in, uh, I feel for her. But the first thing I would do if I was her is get the hell out of BC. Mm. That place is... the the most expensive place to live in Canada. Yeah. Right. Especially in Vancouver so, area. So, yeah. yeah. I have friends that couldn't afford in her situation. Um, one, one person moved to PEI and they're having, they love it there. It, it, another, another uh, couple, they moved to uh, uh, New Brunswick and they're having a real good time. Uh, Another guy sold his house here, him and his family, and they moved to Newfoundland. They said they got a big, big ass house for half the, less than half the price, mm-hmm. and uh, they like it out there. They like it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people renting in, in in New Brunswick, and the rent there is like four hundred a month. Four hundred a month, Gina. You and know, like where's that in New in Brunswick? New Brunswick. And oh. the, yeah, and the people are really good, and they're close to town. Um, a lot of people work under the table there, mm-hmm. and they give you more money for for uh, uh, government subsidize. They give yep. you more money there. Yeah, they do. Same yeah. with Newfoundland. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they were saying, and uh, you got to get out of BC if if you're in the situation you're in. And and you got no family, no friends, no nothing that can help you. You got to get the hell out of there, man. You know me. Uh, I would go. To, I would go up north if I had a trailer here. Uh, I can go on Manitoulin Island on the reserve. I know a lot of native people there. They give us. They've already. I already got a piece of land there facing Georgian Bay. Mind you, there's a lot of snakes there. I got to f- figure out a way to get rid of the snakes. It's bush there. It's a lot of snakes. Uh, last time I was there, uh, but it's beautiful piece of land facing facing the lake. It's I guess the winter time. It's a hill getting out of there. It's a bit of a I don't know if they plow the roads, but um, also a, a lot of the people there that I know, you could just actually they wanted me to buy a trailer 
put it on their land, and I can go up there anytime I want and live in the trailer. And uh, I should have done it. But somebody else ended up doing it. <laughs> One of the, Some other guy, because they, they got lots of land up there, and uh, you get just run an extension cord to the trailer. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I stay inside the house when I go there. The, 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 I bring lots of beer and food and all kinds of gifts. They, they love me when I go up there. <laughs> Anyhow. Uh, so you, uh, you, but you, you met with Leo over the weekend. Leo is a great guy. He's a good guy to hang out with. I, I'd give him the shirt off my back, put it that way. The guy's, guy's right on, man. Him yeah. and his, I met him and his daughter. His daughter is his daughter's funny. She's, uh, yeah, she's a nice girl. Her daughter, you know. But uh, yeah, Leo's a, Leo's a great guy. I knew he was going to be a lot of fun. The the girl that lives here, uh, I said I brought her along. I said, come on, I don't want to meet him. I said you're going to get along with him really good. I'll tell you, the guy's on your league there. You, yeah. you know, <laughs> she, 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 she. Well, three or four times she said, "I like Leo. He, he was a lot of fun." <laughs> <laughs> she had a real yeah. good time. So that's awesome. Um, yeah, it was great. Uh, uh, City Hall was disappointing. Uh, I went there, and uh, it was. The bunch of idiots there. I don't know what goes. They they got the whole place fenced off, eh, with these fences, uh, and they're doing construction on Queen Street. Uh-huh. And, and what the heck? Getting out of there, it was just like uh, I said. If this was an emergency, people get trampled. There's no no help, man. You're done. It was. Oh, Leo was filming it. Um, and then, and then Dog Chow, she's got a big emblem of a Chinese dragon there now, you know, <laughs> Chinese New Year. Like, this is Canada, man. Chow, Chow, wake up. <laughs> <laughs> wake up. I don't think she likes the, uh, the native, uh, uh, letters they got there. She, she probably like to take them out, put Chinese, put Chinese there. China Tire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it, it, this city, uh, I, I don't like going downtown, but I, I have to go. I have to go because that's where all the the action is, you know. Yeah, if you don't go downtown, then you live a boring life, you know. Um, but downtown was a lot better 20 years ago, let me tell you. It, it was bars everywhere, nightclubs. The streets weren't as packed as they were today. Um, everything was everything was a lot different. It wasn't crowded. Like last night, we we left the bar. I don't know what time it was, 11 o'clock or something. And walking down Young Street, it was just packed with people everywhere. I go, I don't know. I don't know. I That's the first time I did that because I usually just. You know, go in and out. <laughs> I don't walk but last night I wanted to walk around a bit and just check it out. Um, yeah, Rick, it was uh, it was fun. You'd like it. You, you would have had a good time if I, you were there. I'm sure I would. Anybody here on this chat would have had a good time. I'm yeah. telling you right now. <clears throat> is uh, 
today was the Santa Claus parade. I didn't want to go because I, I, I was disappointed yesterday. And I said it's gonna be another disappointment. Toronto's getting really cheap, eh? They're, they're not spending money, uh, but they're giving it away like crazy to uh, the people who don't need it. <laughs> Some do, but mm-hmm. um, I watched uh, I watched it on YouTube live stream. They had that Jeff guy, the Freedom guy, Jeff, where he was filming it, and a few other a few other Freedom fighters were down there filming. <laughs> I think it was like. 35 minutes. I didn't watch it, but I think it was like 35 minutes or something. It wasn't a big parade at all, you know? Not like the Macy Parade. You're talking about the Toronto Santa Claus Parade, eh? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't. I don't think it was that big of a parade. (laughs) I I, kind of checked it out. It looked like 40 minutes tops, you know? It wasn't wasn't that big. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm not into the Santa Claus Parade. I, 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 I want to go to the Macy Parade in New York because I like those big 100-foot balloons flying over your head there. You know, they're like, some of those balloons are like 100 foot long. They're something, these these floats are, <coughs> it's a trailer. It's a, it's a trailer from a car trailer pulling them, you know. <laughs> Anyways. I've got footage so, from. Oh. Yeah. Go ahead. Oops. Sorry, I took you off the screen there for a second, John, but you're uh, just to bring people up to date because I, I took you off the screen for a second. John's talking about the uh, the oh. fishing show at the International Center. So what's yeah, my, going on there? A friend of mine, he, he's working the ticket booth at the fishing show at the okay. International Center by the airport. Yeah. Phones me up and he says, come on by. I'll let you in for free. Bring, bring, bring your friends. I'll let you in. And uh, he says... Uh, there's a guy here dressed up as Sasquatch, all hair all over him, scaring people. He came to my ticket booth, tried to scare me. <laughs> <laughs> so <there's, laughs> I said, you can get a picture of Sasquatch. Come on. <laughs> That's what he said to me. I said, I'm really busy. I don't have time. But maybe next year. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that guy's everywhere, Sasquatch, eh? Yeah. Well, I'm just running footage yeah. of the Santa Claus Parade in Toronto from 1938. And, well, that, uh, back then it was good, eh? Yeah, well, it looked great in 38, but it's also very yeah, patriotic, and you have... Uh, yeah. It's definitely a colonial oh, yeah, look feel at that, eh? to it. Dancing elephant there. On a turntable and a giant flying goose, and there's the prancing reindeer with Santa and the sleigh in the back. Now that's how you do it. 1938. Dino, yeah, that look at that, eh? Even Santa's sleigh is uh, much better than today's. Yeah, our our Santa Claus looks really woke. The the New York guy looks pretty good though. Santa Claus in New York. I like, he looks more real as a Santa Claus. Yeah, look at that bear, eh? Yeah, that, 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 that was nice. I, I, I usually just take the subway down there, get off museum and watch it from there. But 
Another thing, Rick, I didn't want to go down is what you said yesterday with, with all those uh, Chinese uh, infections, the kids. I mm -hmm. said, that place is going to be full of Chinese kids because most of the Chinese go down there. It, it's right in Chinatown, so like, you get a lot. I don't want to catch nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Chinese kids, they're all over the place. You know, it could be contagious. We don't know. Eh? Well, unless they're coming from China, I don't think we have too much to worry about. But uh, it's the thing with well, the virus. So like far, that, no cases know, is, here. Eh? The thing with, yeah, I mean, it's just like, but once the virus is out there, it's out there. Like, what do you got? What are they going to do really to stop it? Like, just like the last time. You can only do so much. Yeah, but so. that's that's where you well you 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 said it last night on your show that uh, you know with the Chinese kids that's uh, and I heard I heard about that anyways about a week ago it's been going on yeah it's, uh, but now it's really out of control there I'm I'm seeing eh yeah yep yeah so. well we talked about it last night we mentioned it a couple of times over the past week. And there's some footage of the parade from yesterday. It was yesterday, right? Santa Claus parade? Today. Was today? Okay. So today, today. So this is from today. Sunday, yeah. So, yeah, it still, you know, it still looks like it was okay. I guess they have a parade I dog know. there. And some kids dressed up as, what are those, Ewoks or something? I don't know what, the, the <laughs> child rats. The, the rat brigade, those are human pickles. Those are the burgundy cheerleaders. Somebody dressed up in a straight jacket because they've gone insane. The dog is wearing Christmas attire. There's somebody on a float for I don't know what it is. Somebody with letters to Santa. Bunch of protesters saying no more Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Down with Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Humbug. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It oh, doesn't boy. feel like Christmas without snow. Another thing, you played those. Uh, I, I've been watching uh, Al Jazeera, and uh, they've been interviewing a lot of those uh, uh, people that that. Jews let out, eh? and um, mm -hmm. the conditions they were in, the, like for years, like eight, eight years, uh, they make them sleep on the floor. No, no blankets, no clothes. the The food, the water's all polluted. They treat them like garbage, like animals. I'm telling. But Hamas, did you see the people that every time they let out, they're smiling and. Hamas is, you know, patting them in the back and, you know, and they all love Hamas. Those people look like they're all waving at them. Somebody, I think it was Leo yesterday, told me that they're probably telling them to do that. So they let more people out, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no, definitely. But... That's definitely PR, man. Um, don't don't kid you yourself. Oh, yeah. They want, I don't they, think they, so. Oh, yeah. It's like, like they may have treated them very well, but there was probably a reason for that. I mean, don't don't make don't forget what they did on the seventh, and then they take these other people hostages. Like I, I'm sorry, it's just I, I understand how advertising and marketing works, and media and all of this stuff. So they may have treated them well, but 
don't make don't think for a minute that uh, absolutely makes them the good guys in this. Um, they need that positive PR, and this whole thing has largely been a public relations information war exercise. So they that that waving, that's all part of it too, man. That's they that's pre-planned. Let make sure you wave when you let go of the hostage. Make sure it's on camera and make sure it looks all friendly. Oh yeah, I mean, it's it's think you know it's choreography, it's staging. It just that's just the way it works. You really think so, eh? Oh, a hundred percent. Like the Jews are telling them not to not to talk about anything and not to celebrate. Otherwise, we'll arrest you again. I'm just telling you, I you know, there's in, both sides have uh, to play like, this like, information uh, game. That's right? fake too. So, what, what's what's fake? Come on. No, what do you mean? The Jews are telling uh, all those hostages that they released, don't, no partying, no talking about anything. Uh, otherwise, we'll arrest you and your family. I don't yeah. I don't know what you're referring to, Leo, uh, John. And the, the hostages that the, the, the Jews, they let, what, 45 hostages or whatever. Yeah, the, so the... the they're not allowed, they're not, the Israelis, not allowed to celebrate. Not allowed the, to talk the Israelis released a bunch, so... You're getting them interviewed, I guess, on Al Jazeera, and then on the and Hamas released no. some on the other side. So they're not allowed to be interviewed. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You mean that the hostages that Hamas released, Israel is not allowing them to speak. You're saying, right? That's right. Yeah. Yet. No. 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 The ones, the ones that uh, Israel released, they're not allowed to talk. Hamas, they talk. The prisoners that yeah, the Hamas ones that were out, in the custody of Israel now released to Hamas, they're being interviewed, yeah. right? On the Hamas side, right? Yeah, yeah. Hamas, and also Israel. They said they're full, they're in good fit. They're they're everybody's healthy. They're not they're not dehydrated. They're not malnutritioned. They haven't been beaten. They've all been checked out, and they're all in perfect shape. They're probably better now than they were before they went in there. A lot of them. I'm just saying that. But anyhow, anyhow it's this guy. Did you see northern Gaza? I don't know if you. It's all rubble. Mm -hmm. It's all rubble. Oh, everybody's going back to, the, to, to, to get things out of their house and home. They can't even find their home. It's all rubble. They've leveled north the north uh, north uh, gaza it's leveled just just rocks just just disaster like what's the purpose of the demolishing innocent people's homes tell me it's leveled and israel doesn't want them back to stay in the south they want to take over that land right so they're trying to keep everybody out i don't know i'm telling you these they're innocent people they don't even have guns. they throw rocks god damn it their weapons are rocks that's what they throw rocks yeah, is that all they throw and, and, and israel comes in with i i've seen videos on on el jazeera uh the, the uh israel army coming in machine guns little babies just blowing them up with machine guns they short it was blared but you can see the blood everywhere they just they just machine gun little kids and babies like they're 
That's why they don't want media in there. No media is. You know how many medias that got killed? They're killing the media off because they don't want them reporting anything because of the crime going on. Rick, I think you better hang up your hat if you're not into reporting the truth. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. You know, you're you're a good guy, Rick. I, I yeah, I, I I I'm not. Uh... You there? I'm here. I'm listening. I'm listening. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, uh, I don't know if you watch much uh, uh, what's going on there, but maybe you're more interested on in, uh, Sasquatch than you are. <laughs> uh, Palestine getting demolished. <laughs> but it, uh -huh. it, I I watch, you know, my the other day my box went on me. <laughs> uh, this little fucking stupid box that they give you. I think I jammed it up, so... The TV didn't work, so I called Bell up and now we're on the phone. They're gonna send me so it doesn't so YouTube works on the TV, so I watch Al Jazeera all day long. And I'm telling you, um the shit you see, what's what's going on and what's happened. It's disgusting, Rick. I don't know how you could you know uh, I I don't know. Like, there's bad people everywhere. Now you got mm -hmm. good Canadians, bad Canadians. You got, you know, everywhere you go, you got good and bad. But most of the people getting slaughtered there are innocent. This is the thing. Like, out of all those deaths that that they racked up, they're all most of them are all innocent people. How would you like that? Someone coming to your neck of the woods and wiping out the uh, Windsor there, just wipe them all out. How would you like that? Uh -huh. You know, would you, would you do any reporting? Or I guess you would, eh? but uh -huh. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I listen. I got nothing against, you know, race. I, I like all people. You know, mm -hmm. as long as they're good. Um, I don't like it when they come here and do the do their own thing like back in their country you just go back home if you <laughs> but but yeah i'm more like a quebecer you know you want to live in quebec you got to speak french you know i i don't speak french i speak a few words french mm -hmm. but uh you know it's a a lot of places are like that but in well, gaza you know yeah, i look at all the all the stores are english english signs all everywhere in the store the hospitals all english mm -hmm. signs in the hospitals yeah so they all speak English pretty good there. I'm just I'm just running some footage of uh, a rocket attack against Israel, and they're shooting all these. I don't know. They don't look much like rocks to me, though. Are you seeing the footage there, John? I'm looking right now on it. It's very small. Do those look like rocks? IPad. I can't. It's dark out. Yeah, it's dark. You know, but that's why you, the flashes what, of what light. You do is, all those, all those flashes of light are the the, the missiles being taken out by. Yeah, look at them all. Anti-aircraft, right? Fire. What's the purpose of this? But if you look at uh, the footage of the the Palestinians going back to look at in north, the north in mm -hmm. the light in the daytime, mm -hmm. it's all, it's all. You don't see any buildings there. It's all it's all rubble. Mm -hmm. It's all rubble, Rick. Mm -hmm. No buildings, all rubble. 
and and Israel would be rubble right now too if they weren't able to shoot all those missiles down. And how many are you counting there right now? There's oh, too I many. See what you're saying. All right, and then where are those missiles coming from? And this uh, is what this goes on all the time. Gaza. Yeah, it's coming from Gaza, from Hamas. So I'm I'm just I'm Are trying to be, I'm me, trying trying to be balanced here, right? Um, none of those missiles get through. You're telling me they they shoot every goddamn missile down. Mm-hmm, yep. Nobody's died there. Nobody's oh, died no, that's, there. No, Nobody's sometimes, died. sometimes you're telling me sometimes they do get through. Sometimes the missiles do get through. Not very often because the 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 Iron Dome um, anti missile system is so sophisticated and so effective. If it wasn't for that. There wouldn't, there would, Israel would have been leveled a long time ago. All right. Eh? And, you know, the, I've said this on the show too, John. It's like in my head too, I have this cliche because of the information war and the PR campaigns that are waged, where I think of first thing I think of when I'm thinking of Palestinians fighting Israelis is a young kid standing throwing a rock at a tank. But that's not really it- accurate. And these guys are being armed by other governments. They get aid from, you know, Iran. They get aid from, I won't even mention some of the other countries for diplomatic reasons. But, you know, they, they don't just have rocks. Those are missiles. And lots of them, thousands of missiles. So it's not as simple as one side's got rocks, the other one has, the you know, it's not like the Palestinians only have rocks and the... Um, the Israelis have all these sophisticated weapons to just oppress people. It's not quite that simple. It's it's. I'm not I'm not taking a side in this because there's no there's not going to be a winner. There's only going to be losers. The whole thing is insane. That's right. And and I just would like the killing to stop. But it's not fair, uh, in my view, to lay all the blame on one side or the other. Not when I'm seeing this on one side and then. The atrocities going back the other way too. I just don't. I, I just I'm enough. It's 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 a and it is a yeah. PR war, and that's why people, even myself, I get that cliche in my head. You know, kids throwing rocks at tanks. That's all they have to fight with. Not true. You you, you know what's going to change this war? Eh? Mm. There's only one way it's going to stop. Is the people all have to rise. That means you, everybody has to rise to stop this war. That's the only way it's going to stop. Otherwise, no, you know what's going to make it stop? I'll tell you what's going to make it stop. You could make it stop right now. The United States, if they had a decent leader, that's right. could walk in there and say, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. That's why he's he's going to lose the next election. If yeah. he, uh, ever, From what I hear, that's what they said. If everybody in the States rises up to stop this war they will stop it like this is the thing though they're sick those the, pro- the problem generals, is they both you know, want to kill like, they want to exterminate each other so um, yes you need you need someone to intervene and act as a peacekeeper and uh and that's that's all there is to it um until that happens take hamas out of there can't can't they put another government temporary government in there right now and take Hamas out? I don't, I don't know how you solve that. Um, I mean, how do you go in and surgically remove them? I don't know, John. This is um, 
a problem that has plagued us all for hundreds, if not thousands of years. So it's not going to be resolved overnight. Um, and, you know, we could dig into well, a lot of Well, don't bring them over here. We, we don't want that shit over here. Well, don't too late. Too late. It's already here. <laughs> don't bring it here. It's too late. Keep it over there. <laughs> too late. Oh, my God. What a mess. I just ran that video on Parliament Hill with the big demonstration there. It's here. So we're going to have to deal with it. Well, That's I see the that. Thing, I see man. that. We're going to have to deal with yeah, it. Yeah, I see that. Now we've, now we've got a broader problem, don't we? And it's right here. So it's uh, suddenly things got a whole know. lot more complicated. Oh, well. Eh, what a crazy world, eh, Rick? Yeah, it's terrible, right. John. I wish that it was uh, more peaceful. But uh, it's been going on since the Stone Age, though, since the uh, dinosaurs came yep. in. Yep. You know, yeah, since the age of uh, you know, Jesus. So. It all goes back to that. Yeah. So <laughs> I think we just need to make, we need to try to avoid getting entrapped in this ourselves. But I think even there on, in that respect, it's too late where we've allowed ourselves to become involved. So no turning back now. Now we have to find a solution. Don't know what it is though. Well, after last night, after last night, me and uh, mouth there and, walking around it's this is not toronto anymore so mm -hmm. it's not Toronto. i don't know i don't know if where you are rick i think actually you showed some videos of your town your town's good it's like going up north you know it, mm -hmm. uh, it's all white and there's not a lot of cars on the road mm -hmm. you know it's it's nice you know but toronto is uh, it's, it's an army i would yeah yeah you know they died it's it is a good Toronto. town here, you know, you but I wouldn't say it's all white. No, it's not. We have a growing Muslim community here, um, and in the one section near the downtown, um, a lot of I have uh, you know, few quite a few Muslim neighbors. We have a big black community here with a rich heritage, a lot of history in the Underground Railroad. This was an end destination for the Underground Railroad for fugitive slaves. We have. Um, a lot of different people from different cultures here. We have Palestinians who live just over here. Um, all kinds of different people here. But yeah, I mean, still, I would say predominantly white European heritage. A lot of Dutch people here. A lot of Dutch heritage people. Mm. Yeah. So it's, but it's, yeah, it's a good town that I live in. I'm, I'm fortunate. That's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah, well. Toronto sucks. <laughs> I really don't like it here, but yeah, the, the only reason I'm here is because there's work and uh, uh, entertainment. You know, yeah. As soon as I, I get up, fed up with entertainment, I'm getting the hell out of here. And there's mm -hmm. hospitals. There's a, you know everything's here. T transit. You got everything. It's just like where I live. You got the 401. You got Donvalley Parkway. So two minutes away. You know, like. For traveling, it's good. Mm -hmm. Four or sevens right up the right up the street too. So I've got. I never take it because it's robbery, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know, Rick. Anyhow. Me either, John. Me either. I did get your letter and your donation. Thank you, sir, and thank you for wrapping the uh, the note in. Uh, yeah. The, oh, the I calendar. got a car, a, a car calendar. 
I got a car calendar for you. I put it in the mail. I'm going to oh. mail it out tomorrow. I'm going to the post office. Oh, that's wickedly cool. So you should cool. be getting that yeah. this week. Yeah, because it was the picture. Uh, of the, there's two cars. Yeah. There's two cars that calendars they had. They had the uh, the classic and, uh, and and the and the old cars. I figured you're more of a classic guy, so I got you the classic. Well, thank you. Yeah, that's cool. I appreciate right. that. That's fun. Yeah, and it was a Corvette. A few... You had a picture of a Corvette that you wrapped everything. Yeah, the white one. Yeah. 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 That was Joe Biden's Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's uh, got a white one like that. Yeah, he's got a Corvette. <laughs> and he's got all these files in the back seat and the side. <laughs> no, no. But yeah, I got, I got a couple of girl calendars. I like the the body body girl bodybuilders. I like those ones, and and I got one too. I got a classic car. Yeah, I picked up Great five thing. calendars. I went there. <laughs> a friend of mine, he owns a Rush Check, eh? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I I I get my car done there every year, and uh-huh. I, I I get a lot of people going there. I I, I bring over so. And uh, you know, I buy him coffees and his crew. I go there and buy him coffees. Picked up five calendars the other day. There you go. Good for you. So Excellent. I'm good for calendars this year. <laughs> there you go. All right. Okay. Thank you, well, John. I, good show, Rick. We'll talk to you again. You bet you, my friend. You have a good one. Okay. All you right. too. Bye. Talk to you later. And folks, that gets us to just a little after 9 p.m. I know we still have few calls in the queue but i i have to sign off so i do apologize that we can't get to all the calls tonight um but i do have to wrap up i've got some other family stuff going on here and you know my parents have been married now 67 years yes sir 67 years of marriage (sighs) it's a long time it's a long time So with all of that being said, just a reminder that you can support the show by donating at freedomreporters.com or maverickdonations.com. And uh, yeah, I I appreciate everybody stopping by. A privilege as always. Oh, there's the banners there. Yeah, maverickdonations.com or freedomreporters.com. And if anybody has a solution for Gina out there, she needs a new place to park her trailer or a new place to live, one or the other. So maybe we can, maybe somebody out there has some way that they can assist her. And I'll just put her email address up again on the screen. And that is Gina O'Neill 8847 at gmail.com. If somebody has a solution. And with that being said, folks, I should be back tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. As always, an absolute privilege. Thank you, everyone, for joining me here on the program. See you tomorrow night on the flip side. This has been a Maverick Multimedia Production. 